On a show that talks about time traveling Bigfoot and alien sex cults, this is serious journalism, people. Serious. This time, this this like, time we mean it. If you think that there are not birds that are not <laughs> real, you're a moron. I do have a superstition that Satan and his minions yes. interrupt mm. technological yes. connections when conversations are getting yes. particularly interesting or, or important. At this point, I'm not throwing these weirdos out because maybe they're telling the truth. Why does everything have to be a hidden conspiracy where the <laughs> motives aren't really clear? Where you can't tell what someone's intentions are from their words. Why, Abby, why? I, I feel like you're just not answering the question. There is a pattern here that is definitive, and mm -hmm. this leads us to the CEO's response, yes. which is not the way that you Amazing. want to play being accused of in a conspiracy theory. Glowing metal things that are moving in impossible speeds and impossible directions, defying laws of physics, showing up over battlefields, showing up over important historical events for all of history. This is Chekhov's gun, you guys. It's the gun that's been sitting on the mantelpiece since Act 1. It's Act 3 now. I'm waiting for it to go off. Hello, and welcome to The Gods of the World Economic Forum Conspiracy Pilled Season 3, Episode 24, Season Finale. <laughs> That's a whole mouthful. Yeah, yeah. So how you yeah. doing, Abby? I am pregnant. <laughs> it work work has been work has been all day meetings with all of our staff. All of our staff from like all over the country came in. So I it's been a lot of it's it's yeah. Nice. How all are right. you? How how's your life been? Yeah. Well, do you want an honest answer? You just want me to give the hey, you know, it's it's good. Um, no, it's just been a series of it's been a the series lie. of uh, unfortunate TV. events. So, <laughs> but we're no, here. What's going on? We're here. We're ready for the end of season three. I will say it, quick quickly because I I don't think I've actually said this on the um on the main show. I probably said it on him. I I've definitely said it on other streams in the Discord and stuff like that. For the people that just listen to this show every week, um. Yeah, no, I've had a whole lot of uh, unfortunate stuff. So with the, the whole basement flooded where I moved my studio to, yeah. uh, we lost desks and bookshelves and my all my kids' uh, school books and clothes and shoes and the drywall and the carpet is all moldy and, and I have to throw it away and tear it out. It's been a process. Um, but people have been very kind. People have been supporting the show. People have been uh, supporting me. Uh, and I just want to say thank you, everyone, so much for all the support and all the love. And again, the best way that you can support the show is just to help us make this uh, <laughs> help us make this as if it's the full time job that it is for us uh, and just support the show over on locals and uh, places like that. So, quick shout out to the people who do keep the lights on and do help me buy a new sump pump to uh, <laughs> deflood my basement. Uh, over on locals, we have Amy the Hokey Girl with new monthly supporter. I love it. We also have TC03111775 and the Zenial Aviator as new yearly supporters. So you can come Woo! over to conspiracypill.locals.com, get the full show, plus the bonus unhinged content every Thursday night. So that's what you get for that. Uh, nice. And again, you, you, you help buy me a new sump pump and uh, hopefully a new chair because this chair is not working. My alternator went out oh of my, my car God. today. 
Uh, it's been a it's been a time. PJ's falling it's, apart. PJ, I'm falling I'm physically apart. falling apart, and then my house and my cars are physically falling apart, Jeez. and it, it's just been a thing. It's been a whole thing. So uh, anyway, yes. Um, tonight we are going to be talking about the World Economic Forum uh, for a few oh. reasons. One is when I remember it was like a month or so ago. We we're like, oh, the World Economic Forum is about to happen. We'll have tons of content, and it's expected people to talk about it, and then nobody really talked about it. And I have theories and reasons why that is but i felt like i didn't want to just let it all slide by and miss like what the new big thing that came out of this year was yeah um also again it's the end of season three so next week valentine's day we're not going to be having a show we're not gonna have an unhinged show next week either yeah get um, a date you guys <laughs> get a date stop being a loser uh but the week after that we'll be back with season four and i'm just gonna say we'll talk more about that at the end but we are working very hard to do some new and exciting things for season four that we've never done with this show. Uh, we've also got a ton of guests. Abby's going to be having a baby, so we're going to have some, some. I am. I hope so. <laughs> if it stays in for like eighteen months, you're probably going to be pretty miserable. Yeah, so. I'm already. <laughs> I'm, I've already got this like spot on my like just below my yeah, it's on my ribs. That's like painful and numb at the same time. I don't that's know a how wonderful that works, feeling. <laughs> but that's that's what yeah. Well, is that isn't that how twins work though? Is you, you're the gestation period's just eighteen months to nine months? Or, I don't you ever have see twins. that? You ever? No, I know you're not, but I just <laughs> want to start that rumor. Um, <laughs> no, there was a post online that was something like the worst. Uh, the worst part about having triplets is twenty seven months of being pregnant or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how that works. It's like that's not how that works. That's not. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, I forgot where I was going with all this. What were we talking about? Um, the world. We got a whole bunch of stuff coming up for season four. four. We're going to talk about that. We're going to go over everything that happened in season three with updates. So we're going to yes. talk about all the episodes. We've got updates. A new Tartaria theory dropped. Uh, we've got all kinds. Someone, someone, I can't remember. Who, I think it was Sweet Bunny in Discord <laughs> earlier was like, my mom's coming over for dinner tonight. Maybe I'll show her this show, but not if it's about Tartaria or alien sex cults. I it's don't, about both. Yeah, it might be about both, to be honest with you. We're we gonna, have covered both of them in season three, and this is the season three finale recap, uh, <laughs> update, all that stuff. Sweet Buddy's mom, if you're watching, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Don't don't it's even worry ride. about it. Yeah. Also, hi. Um so, <laughs> hi, mom. so for people who don't know, the World Economic Forum took place January 15th through the 19th in Davos, Switzerland. And it included all of the regular things that you'd expect from the Davos thing. And I think that the reason that a lot of people weren't talking about this was, for the most part, there wasn't a lot of new information. And I feel like people get fed up with the, now my mom doesn't want me anymore. <laughs> Thanks, sweet bunny. Um, <laughs> totally threw me out with that one. I think, I think that people, I, I think that there's a problem in the conspiracy world. We've talked about this before where everybody's always chasing the new high and the new yes. conspiracy. And if they point, if they shine a light at the old conspiracy and they actually see it working, uh, there's not an incentive to keep shining the light there and keep making it work. And I think that that's exactly what Davos is. The problem with Davos has been going on since what, 1971. Yeah. And until recent years, there wasn't a bunch of independent journalists with Twitter and cell phones who were going out and like exposing these people. Right. In fact, I totally forgot to bring this one up. Maybe I can find it in a second. But there's, you know, what? I do have it. I think Fired. I do have it. Fire. Um, I wasn't going to play it. I wasn't. I wasn't going to play it. And then I just realized that uh, what she says in this, uh, what she says in this clip. Yep, here it is. 
Uh, what she says in this clip is exactly the thing is why it works is because the, the mainstream media has recognized the independent journalists and they've had to start explaining themselves. They've, they're, they, the exposing lies actually works is my point. I know a lot of people want to get blackpilled on conspiracy stuff and they want to point at the thing and, and get the high of like, oh, that was a cool new conspiracy, but right. I, there's nothing I can do. So I'm just going to move on. Um, but I think that the World Economic Forum and them having to explain themselves and their plans being frustrated, the fact that this whole thing was developed in 1992 to be the Agenda 2020, and now it's Agenda 2030, should tell you that shining yeah. a light on darkness actually works. Um, but here's here's the first clip I'll play from you from this year to kind of explain what I was just saying and how, how this is absolutely true. You go back really not, not that long ago, as I say, we kind of, we owned the news. We were the gatekeepers and we very much owned the facts as well. If it said it in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, then that was a fact. Nowadays, people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news and they're much more questioning about what we're saying. So it's no longer good enough for us just to say, this is what happened or here's, here's, this is the news. We have to explain, our, almost like explain our working. So readers expect to understand. It's we almost. It's almost like we have to cite our sources or something. <laughs> we have to explain our how we source stories. They want to know um, uh, how we go about getting stories. They, we have to sort of lift the bonnet, as it were, and in a way that newspapers, you know, aren't used to doing, and explain to people what we're doing. We need to be much more transparent about how we go about collecting the news. So there you go. They wow. they literally are afraid of wow. you. They're afraid of us. They're afraid yes. of the people who are exposing them and making them have to explain, oh, we can't just come out here and say whatever the hell we want. And then you take it as gospel truth because there are independent journalists. There are people with cell phones. There are people asking questions because Savannah Hernandez goes there with a phone and, and, and videotapes these right. people saying the things, right? Like that's why... <laughs> They're, that's like, we're actually frustrating their plans to some to some degree, and I think that we have to uh, remember that. So my point, going back to my point, is when Klaus Schwab comes out and says things like this, it doesn't make Twitter this year because last year everybody was already into the idea that they were going to put chips in our vaccines, they were going to put chips in our brains, they were going to mm -hmm. monitor everything we did, they were going to have carbon tax credits, and it's old it's old news except that they're still pushing this forward and trying to get it done by 2030. And right. as we can see in France this week, if you guys have been paying attention, they're really trying. And the and, right. and people like last year in Italy and this year in France are feeling the effects of it. So it's important to keep pointing these things out. But here's here's Klaus Schwab saying. The thing we all knew he was going to say, but it's still important to show it. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react or I can feel. Uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, is it imaginable? Um, I, I think that is imaginable. I think... Um... I think it's horrifying. <laughs> I, just think it's, I just think it's funny that Klaus Schwab is just asking this guy. Yeah, I really want to be able to know what everybody thinks about me for some reason, and it's very important. <laughs> Um, it's just, you know, it's, it, because the World Economic Forum, for people who don't know, Klaus Schwab is a power broker. Like, Klaus Schwab doesn't run yes. a country. But Klaus Schwab's entire job is to get all of the rich and, and powerful people from all the countries in a room together. And then they go home and they say, well, it's non-binding. It's not a government. We didn't mm -hmm. sign contracts. But we just came home with pledges and promises of things we were going to do, right. a.k.a. it's binding 
policy. Policy is literally being done in Swiss, in Switzerland yes. at Davos by Klaus Schwab. But because it's decentralized in a way and because it's just uh, handshake agreements, we can pretend that there isn't like a world uh, government essentially, which right. is what this is trying to be and what it is acting like. Um, but what was interesting about this year is, of course, we got all the eat the bugs, you'll own nothing and be happy nonsense that we always get. But this year, they had this thing where they included the Indigenous Peoples Knowledge and Leadership Network. Let me show you this. So uh, th this whole thing about, yeah, Indigenous Peoples Knowledge and Leadership Network, a community of global Indigenous leaders building multi-stakeholder collaboration and public-private cooperation in Indigenous movements. And uh, it says <laughs> our mission, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of buzzwords. I'll explain a few of them here in a second. But it says our mission, despite compromising 5% of the world population, Indigenous people protect 80% of the Earth's biodiversity through their long-standing stewardship of the environment. Indigenous leaders and knowledge and critical are critical to finding meaningful solutions to the climate crisis, reversing biodiversity loss, and advancing more sustainable relationship with our planet. And it goes on to use words like, well, here, here's, here's the four goals. I'll read these four objectives real quick. Uh, advancing Indigenous people's agendas and voices in the annual meeting and across forum activities. Building greater multi-stakeholder cooperation in indigenous movements, facilitating greater exchange between stakeholders, including businesses, governments, industry, and civil society through indigenous people's knowledge, and promoting indigenous people's rights and their benefit to global business agendas. The reason I read those yeah. is because of the word stakeholder. Yeah. Do you so do you understand the whole stakeholder capitalism concept? I think okay. Here's here I'll just say what it used to be shareholders, shareholders, yes. the people who actually invested money had a say in something. And now there's this concept of stakeholders <clears throat> where they haven't invested any money, but they somehow get a say anyway, because they're emotionally stakeholders or something. Is that correct? Yeah. Can you do me one quick, can you no. turn the mic a little bit more so that the top is facing your no. I just think I was a little louder than you. No. So yes, essentially that's what it is. So I'll, I'll read you the textbook definition of what a, sta a stakeholder is when it when talking about stakeholder capitalism. It says stakeholder capitalism proposes that the corporations should serve the interest of all their stakeholders and not just shareholders. Stakeholders can include investors, owners, employees, vendors, customers, and the general public at large. The focus is on long-term value creation, not merely enhancing shareholder value. Wow. This is fanciful language to say a few things and it actually points to why there's an obsession with the indigenous people's groups um because this is what blackrock does it, it's it's the same same kind of concept right so vampire hunter is my preference over stakeholder yeah, yeah yeah i like that um basically the way i see it is what they're saying it's kind of socialist language right it's kind 100%. of like it's very yeah. socialist Right, our it's like shares, our, company, our company, you know, yeah. you built the company, but we own the company we own because it. we're stakeholders in the company because we make widgets on an assembly line. That is a stake that is stakeholder capitalism, but it's it's more than that. It's people who have no interest in making the business and the people who work for the business make money and for them to be able to feed their kids and things like that. It's essentially it can come down to whoever is the most aggrieved by your business. Um, and in this case, you want to point to the diversity, equity, and inclusion nonsense yeah. of the indigenous people and the environment. Why, like the reason they have such a, and we talked about this on um, the Henry Kissinger episode, which is our, which is on Unhinged, which is absolutely worth watching. It's one of those ones you should go 
uh, subscribe just to watch that one alone because I think it explains so much. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, where was I going with this? The, they they can use whoever is most aggrieved according to them to say like, hey, we need to take stock in this. We, we, we're stakeholders too. We don't own any part of the company. We don't have any interest in you making money. And in fact, we can ruin you because right. we're just stakeholders, right? Like it's, it's our neighborhood or whatever, you know, yeah. it aggrieves black people. It's just, it's just a race to like who can be the most victimized. And right. that's why the climate stuff works in so well, because you can blame any, any business for being anti-climate, you know, whatever, you don't have carbon credits and you're not doing this, you're not doing right. that. And now we can basically blackmail your business into doing whatever we want you to. It's just, it's just a form of blackmail. It's just a big globalist form of, of blackmail. Um, so they're bringing in all these indigenous leaders and groups and people like that to blackmail the white society <laughs> into like, I say that as a joke, but I don't because I watched a right. 30 minute conference with these two shamans. And the end of the conference, Sounds the awful. last 10 minutes, it was awful. The last 10 minutes was um, just white people crying, being like, oh, please, Amazonian so shaman, so please forgive me for using styrofoam cups or something like that. It was so retarded. It's just it's a lot of white guilt, right? Uh, plastic straws. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so <laughs> one, the one thing that did make it, the, 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 I'm saying all this to say that. To, I'm saying all that to say this. The one thing that did make the rounds this year that everybody probably saw was this video of a witch doctor essentially doing a blessing over the people at this, uh, I don't know, talk at the, at the World Economic Forum. I'll play it for you guys if you haven't seen it. Yeah, you're supposed to cough into the elbow, lady. Uh, where's my six feet of separation now, World Economic Forum? People, for people listening, she's coughing on their foreheads. Right. Yeah. This is, these are the people who these are the people who destroyed your business and shut you down because of six feet of separation and right. masking and and bullshit, right? Like that's these people who are now letting this uh, witch doctor shaman lady cough all over their foreheads for some uh, blessing from the forest spirits, which, which like I looked into this tribe. So we'll talk about this tribe here really quickly. This lady, by the way, her name is Put Putani Yamanawa. Putani Yamanawa. Um, <laughs> and uh, this, is, this is her right here on the World Economic Forum's website. And it says, Putani Yamanawa is an indigenous leader of the, and the wife of Chief Nixiwaka Yamanawa. She is one of the first women of the Yamanawa Nation. It sounds so made up when I say it like that. <laughs> uh, it is to, made up. To yeah, it is all made up. <laughs> to receive highest spiritual initiation from the elders. She's a respected spiritual leader, opening the way into the sacred path for another Yamanaba women and settling precedent for and setting precedent for such breaks in tradition. For this achievement, she has uh, received a commendation from the Brazilian Senate as recognition of their important role in Brazilian women's empowerment. Oh my God. Putani is dedicated to representing her people's ancestry. She also resides in the sacred village where she organizes spiritual retreats. Yeah, remember back in the day when the patriarchy ruled and only men were allowed to cough on your forehead? 
Yes, those are good days. Yeah. I, there's a theme throughout the show tonight of women ruining things. <laughs> Just kidding. But when we get to Skull and Bones, it'll make sense. Uh, so that's that's her. Uh, and so the Yawanawa Nation, uh, or the people of the wild boar, hold a strong belief in shamans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the, the one to be initiated as a shaman has to go through many processes and tasks, which include... Uh, they have to either suck on the heart of an anaconda or strike down a bee's hive. Okay. Which is like, I'm going for the bee's hive. I don't know about you, but I don't know. Like, I'm not sure I want to kill an anaconda and like suck on its heart. That's my point. I think I'll just risk a few stings. But yeah. uh, her good. and a few other women are the first women in this Amazonian tribe to defeat the patriarchy and become shamans. And that's why she's a big deal. Uh, and again, like I tried to look into their gods and their beliefs and things like that, and all it just keeps coming back to is forest spirit. There's some type of feminine mother goddess Gaia type deal going on, and they speak about this quite a bit. Her husband, who was also at the conference, uh, is here. His name is Nixiwaka Yawanawa, and he's the chief of the Yawanawa tribe in Brazil. Uh, chief Nixi, Nixiwaka okay. Yawanawa. <laughs> <laughs> Are they named after the tribe or is the tribe na- named after them? Like, is it a cult or a tribe? I have those questions, have questions. too, but I think it'll make sense in a second. Okay. Yeah, I'll get through this part and then I'll, I'll, yeah, I think it'll make sense. So he's a prominent indigenous leader who's devoted his life to reclaiming his people's ancient culture and spirituality after successfully reconquering ancestral territorial rights. Nixie Waka, along with his family, also played a pivotal role in sharing their culture to the wider world. He resides in the sacred village immersing himself in spiritual practices and healing while receiving wisdom from elders to carry forth the Yawanawa legacy. Okay, so <laughs> both both these people, you heard the sacred village. What comes to mind? What what do you think the sacred village is? I I, I don't I don't know. Th- their village? Their their village? Is is it A? <laughs> <laughs> Kinda not though. Uh it's <laughs> It's a it's an ayahuasca retreat. Like when I'm reading this stuff, I'm thinking, oh, this is like some there's some backstory of some sacred land and a sacred yeah, tree, yeah, yeah. and we're gonna get this whole like um yeah uh, avatar explanation. And instead, you just find all these websites for oh, experiencing wow. Yawanawa, and it's this resort in <laughs> it's literally got a hotel. It's, it's a resort. Capitalism. Okay. It's right. a resort with a, I think, a fake tribe that just gives people ayahuasca. This whole thing about the sacred tea Amazing. and like all these things, and it's just a bunch of rich assholes go to the it's Amazon and yep. pretend to be uh, oh, indigenous for a week and do a bunch of drugs. Like that's what they are. That's so amazing. I keep reading. Oh, the sacred village. I'm like the sacred village TM. Like this. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> I think it's fake. Is my point. It's ah, amazing. <clears throat> so these are the people. These are the people. These are the people with their ayahuasca thing. And the reason this is so interesting is because the World Economic Forum is supposedly this like science forward, atheistic kind of, uh, right. it's definitely very anti-Christian in so many ways. And you think that they just don't respect religion as they've shown a million times, but they seem to really deeply respect all of these weirdo tribes. And again, does it come back to climate change? Does it come back to some other gods they're trying to serve? Um, I want to talk about, there, there, there's this weird thing too, that the, the, her and her husband had this, they were in a few different things. The one where she's obviously coughing on their heads. Right. Right. Um, and then they did a talk together and that's when I watched, it was really hard to listen to. And it's called the dance of the algorithms. 
And in this, they say that uh, they're using AI to map out the Amazonian rainforest so people can essentially stay at home in VR experience being part of this ayahuasca call. So you remember when I said like a few episodes ago that the whole point of all this stuff is to like make you live in the pod and eat the bugs would also require you to have like good VR and drugs. Like that's what this comes down to is like, there's this VR AI forest spirit meshing together of like ayahuasca and VR. So you can, I think again, live in the pod and eat the bugs. It all kind of works into that idea. (laughs) <laughs> but um, there's also other leaders at this thing, and all of them, again, were there for climate change reasons, except for this one Canadian guy who was there to talk about anti-racism policy. Of and course. it's just weird because, like, of course. you're seeing all these, like, weirdo, like, these shamans and, and all these indigenous people. And then there's just this dude, this Canadian <laughs> dude. And this he's part Canadian of dude? Robert Beamish, the global shaper of the Ottawa hub of Canada. And he's, like, apparently there for anti-racism policy and DEI. So it's like, are you really like some type of indigenous or are you just like slightly less white than the the average French Canadian? Slightly less white, little fruity. <laughs> little gay. He'll do. He'll do. Yeah, he'll do. So I just found that funny. Is like you've got Amazon and Ecuador and like deep parts of Mexico and then Ottawa. Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> but another one who comes up is this lady. Uh, let me show you her. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Can you try for me? Zia Batsida? No, I cannot. (laughs) Zia Batsida, the co-founder of the Re-Earth Initiative. And she is a climate justice activist, as you could tell from... (laughs) You just could tell. You can just Uh, tell, And a member of the Mexican indigenous um, Atomi Tolik community. She's the co-founder of of the Re-Earth Initiative and an international youth-led organization that focuses on highlighting the intersectionality there's so many damn buzzwords here how do they how do people write this and feel good about themselves like, at the end of the day you you take the buzzwords and then you corporate speak it it's it's mm-hmm. it's the most horrific marriage of woke speak and corporate speak and i hate it so much it is right so movie it says Batsida uh, was the recipient of the 2018 UN Spirit Award and was featured in Time Magazine's Time 100 Next List in 2023 and i bring her up out of all the people here because i didn't know that the un had a spirit award and i was looking into this because i i think again the the theme that i'm going for here is this this supposedly forward-thinking kind of atheistic socialist you know again an atheism historically has meant religious atheism or sorry communism socialism historically has meant religious atheism Mm -hmm. and this Forum, which seems to be again like scoffing at anybody who believes in anything, is also inviting all these weirdo people with all these like Mother Earth guy worshiping beliefs. Um, and the UN does this as well. The UN has a Spirit Award each year. An individual whose work demonstrates the vision and spirit of the United Nations and the week of spirituality, values, and global concerns is selected to be a recipient of this award. So the UN also recognizes that it has a spirit over it and it has a whole entire week of spirituality, which I found out is going on currently right now today because every year since 2010, the first week of February is the week of spirituality. And today they're going to be deciding who represents the spirit of the United Nations. And and if you look into this at all, it really comes back to the same idea, the same idea, which is Christianity is the number one religion in the world Uh and we don't like it. 
and you can right. read their website and it's pretty clear that it's saying look yes christianity's number one islam's number two if we could meld those and make some type of chrislam thing which really just like takes away the whole like i am yeah. the way the truth the life the only way to the father is through me and we just yeah. had this like general idea of goodwill and harmony and bullshit. um then that would be a much better thing and all of these and again because christianity is the west is leading the world currently still to, to some degree right. um at least on paper uh there is a conceited effort from all of these people the world economic forum the un and all these people to say we don't like that but we aren't entirely atheist and the whole reason i bring this up is because i think that we're missing the point with the world economic forum i think that everybody has it in their head as i keep saying that this is a pseudo atheistic scientifically minded forward thinking right. idea but I, I i've been saying this for over a year now i don't think that atheists exist and i don't think that anybody's actually moving in that direction i think we're seeing the return of the old gods and I think it actually has to do with Matthew 24 or Matthew 12, 43 through, through 45. So I'm going to read okay. this really quick. This is a parable. It says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept and put in order. Then it goes out and brings in seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they shall enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. So also be with this evil generation. So it's not mm. just speaking about a person. It is actually speaking generationally. Mm. And as Jonathan Kahn has pointed out, this seems to be the case in all civilizations going back to the yeah. Old Testament is that there is the spirit of Baal that moves in. Baal moved into America with the golden calf and the bull on Wall Street right. and this worship of money and materialistic thinking. And then it came in with Ishtar, and we worshipped sex, as we saw through the sexual revolution. And then it came back with Moloch and child sacrifice, as we saw directly following the sexual revolution with abortion becoming its thing. And through the building up of, of child sacrifice, you invite in all the old gods. So the whole point of this parable is you, we, the disciples can cast out demons, but if you don't have God living right. in your heart, and in this case, a, a nation, a country, whatever, but you're worshiping other spirits and you're giving awards to some other unnamed spirit at the UN or the World Economic Forum, or whatever, you're inviting them back worse than before. So mm. the West, which was formerly Christian, as it continues to push God out of the West, right? we're now seeing what I've been trying to show people is that they're not, we're not fighting the battle of five and 10 years ago, which is like, right. how do we debate atheists who think that nothing exploded and created everything? Right. They don't, that's not the thing anymore. That's and I think that everybody's yeah. hung up on the past. Instead, I think what they have to realize is that the people who are running the most prestigious scientific, uh, economic groups and think tanks are deeply religious. They're just religious in the form of Gaia worship, of different forms of paganism, and of inviting in multiple, numerous, numerous gods. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, I think that's the takeaway from this year's World Economic Forum. And I think it's, there's one more example I, I'm going to ah. give. Oh, sorry. sorry. What, what happened? I was just being a boomer with the comments. We're good. Oh, yeah. And just, uh, just to show you that, like, this woman just openly, this is the woman I was talking about, the UN Spirit Award, openly <laughs> talks about worshiping Mother Earth. It's right here in this Levi's ad that she did. Mm. I grew up in a community that's Atomi Tolik, which is the indigenous community in Mexico. That's where I grew up with a philosophy, philosophy for reciprocity, a philosophy for we take care of Mother Earth because Mother Earth takes care of us. So she's mm. naming the, the Gaia deity that they, they serve. Yeah. Um, 
there was another weird spiritual moment, and this just goes to show like it's not so hidden of what they're doing. Right. And this is this tapestry on the wall. So, oh, this gross. is this is screen capture from the Davos discussion that featured uh, the UK Prime Minister Theresa May. Okay. This is just a little corner of it that you can see here, but this is on the wall displayed at the World Economic Forum. And you can go to the website about this, and it's called the Waltham. <laughs> Why can't anybody name Waltham Stowe? Waltham Stowe Tapestry. It looks gross already, and I don't even want to see uh, it closer up. Wow. Yeah, I should have. I was. I actually wrote this in my notes to give a warning to people. Um, <laughs> this next part is going to be very gross, and I'm, I'm going to try to make it short. Okay, because we'll move on to all the cool season three stuff. But I think this is important to point out. There's very many times in the show where the, the rich elite people have really disgusting art in their house. Ellen DeGeneres, right. Tony Podesta. And we've purposefully chosen many, many times to not share it, even though it would have made our case in our episode stronger and better. Stronger, yeah. In this case, I am going to show it because this is on the wall of the World Economic Forum, and I can't really talk about it without showing it. And right. it's, just, it's just really gross. So fair warning, it is, it is an explicit gross picture. Uh, so guess, would you guess who, what, like what the artist that made this looks like? Just if you had to. Oh, oh, um, a tranny. In your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is wow. Gary. Uh, this is Grayson Perry. This is the a guy who clown, made this. A, 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 a Nephilim, a cl a Nephilim clown, tranny. clown tranny. Yeah, did this whole thing. Checks out. Checks out. Checks out. And he says the work draws on the art of uh, story cycles, taking inspiration from the ancient history of cave paintings and hieroglyphs, as well as, of course, a medieval narrative. Uh, it follows the seven ages of man in the manner of medieval morality traditions. This is right from their website. I'm going to make this up. In the beginning, on the left hand side, that's where I say it gets gross. A child is born on the extreme left side of the tapestry. So you've got this very disgusting demon baby literally coming out of the vagina of this woman. This Pretty witch woman. graphic detail, this witch woman. Yeah. White hair, yeah. And here's wow. something that I want you to notice. He says many times that these are the seven stages of this man's life. There are seven bigger pictures. Yeah. What do you notice automatically about it? The gender swapping. It swaps back and forth on gender throughout the whole thing. So a, a male baby is born, then you have the male baby but in a dress holding yeah. some type of Jesus doll. I'm going to zoom Gross. up on this kid here in a second. Um and it goes, yeah, sorry, it goes to him as a, then it goes back to him identifying as a man, then him identifying as a woman, then him identifying as a man, then him identifying as a woman, and then his lifeblood is being sucked up by a demon on his deathbed. Yeah. Wow. This is a man who's literally sacrificed himself to demons. This whole tapestry is showing, it's supposed to be about the evils of consumerism because all of, throughout this thing, you've got Starbucks and Fender and Levi's, and right. it's just every word on this tapestry is just some type of big business microsoft, right yeah microsoft things like that um in fact i'm gonna have to do a different picture to show you what i wanted to show you um or wait it should be sorry it's i wanted to show you one part of it anyway it's probably hard to see but the little girl's forehead has 666 on it just another oh, wow. little thing i noticed um if you go Huge. all the way to the end here uh there is the wise men and wait i'm not showing the right image there's the wise men and Mary feeding baby Jesus to to a demon, like to Satan. Uh, wow. I mean, it's just like really explicit. And again, this is the weirdo artwork that you get at the World Economic Forum. Is yeah. This is the kind Holy of stuff that they're like. This is this is this is our religious beliefs. So, again, it's supposed to be 
it's supposed to be this is the lifeblood being drained out of somebody because capitalism is bad and evil and right. whatever. But I find this interesting because he also says this is not more this is not a moral like I watched an interview with him and he says this is not a moral take on capitalism or on any of these corporations. I have no ill will against any of these people, which is fascinating because again, if you read the list of corporations on here, they're almost all represented at the World Economic Forum. Right. So are they because, really saying they're bad? Are they saying they're bad or are they or is this a uh, a blueprint, right? Is yeah. this a blueprint for them saying, "Hey, you are going to own nothing. We're going to suck your soul out of you and trans your children." Like it seems so explicit. And if you if you understand what he's saying and the people who are putting this up and their weird take on capitalism, again, right. stakeholder capitalism is like it's socialism, but it's the kind of socialism that America's already been devolving into for a hundred years, right? It's this right. corporatist socialist idea that we still call capitalism and that right. the socialists use to say, I hate capitalism, but they're the, all the things that they supposedly hate about capitalism are the socialist ideas that have been brought into this like corporatist system. So like, right. it's just, to me, it just reads as this is the world economic forms, weird way of saying, this is what we want to do to you. We're supposedly anti-capitalism. We'll do our weird anti-capitalist art, but really we're the biggest capitalists in the world. It's just that we're corporatists and we want to be able to rig right. the game in our favor. So this is uh this to me just reads as a giant demonic rigging of the system. And it's just displayed right on the world walls of world economic form. And I, I think it goes back to these people are not atheists. They're just showing you their gods. So uh, that whole tapestry, if you want to look into, it's probably full of freaking weirdo symbolism. Yeah. So that's where I want to end it on that uh, part of the show. Thanks for that, PJ. That was yeah. so. That was so nice. <clears throat> yeah. So, but the, like the point is, these people are disgusting. Like they're, who, they're so gross. Yeah, who, it's like who is attracted to that type of art? That's my point. It says something about your brain if that's the thing you want to display, if that's the thing right. you want to be associated with. To look at. Yeah. To look at. Right. Yeah. Wow. It says something about, yeah, it says a lot about your soul. So, but this is the point, right? Like their demonic gods are evil and gross and demonic. And sometimes showing them for being evil and gross and demonic is the point. Right. Um, because there's a difference between Christian art and demonic art. And that says yes. a lot about the the source that it comes from. So. Let's talk about season three. <gasps> Let's go yes. all the way back Tartar to Tartaria. <laughs> so <laughs> we kicked off season three on September 6th of 2023 with the first of a series of episodes on Tartaria. Yay. How did you feel about Tartaria? How did you do, do you do you sleep well at night knowing that you forced me into this? Yes. Yeah, you like do. a baby. <laughs> I sleep like a baby. Like a baby is kicking me in the ribs. Yeah, I sleep like that. Oh, that's fair. No, that's fair. Uh, it's one of those, like, I'm glad we did it. I know we had to do it. It was obvious at the time, like, the the, the conspiracy theory was taking <clears throat> off, and there was so much wrong with it. And it was like, we have to address this. We have to. But I can't. So, PJ? <laughs> yeah. Because I, you know I couldn't funny. hold it. Yeah. <clears throat> When I listened back, you know, going through those episodes, I kept saying, like, look, I spent months digging yeah. into Tartari and every insane, like, unhinged rabbit hole and, like, just the, the unhingedness of it and the, like, it doesn't make sense on purposeness of it. Right. 
for me, for someone who is into this stuff because I want to connect dots and make it make sense right. and make the world it make was, sense. It was maddening. This was maddening and it drove me nuts. So I finally went back and listened to these episodes this week um, at work because I was like, I have put a huge distance between myself and Tartaria for the last five months. <laughs> um, and I got to say, I think there's a lot of good nuggets in there. We don't have to go through all of them. I want to, you know, we got a few more to get to so we can bring them up as it goes along. But um, I think the first one when we talked about mud floods mostly, and we talked about the idea that yes, Tartaria existed. It was uh, right. what they used to call Russia and the Mongols. And yeah, that was probably the episode. I don't know. I don't know if it's the episode. I would say maybe the episode with the most hate that we got this <laughs> season. Am I wrong? It was one of the Tartarias, I think. The first one we were a way no, no, more. No, no, it was QAnon. It was QAnon because the Q people got so mad. QAnon was season two. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it was the end no of season way. two. It really was. Okay, yeah. well then. So I think Tartaria might have been the one that made the people the most mad. I, I was I was going to pull up a comment for each episode, and I was like, I'm not going to do that. But the general thing was either people loved it and agree with us, or they were very mad. And they weren't mad. Here, here's the thing. There is one thing I want to bring up about this for the next episode. The reason the comments bother me is because no one was mad at us because we were inaccurate, because we were lying. No one was mad at us because we didn't cover the theory in depth the way that the theorists who believe in it cover it. They were mad at us that we made fun of it. They were saying, yes, I agree. And we get this a lot, by the way, guys. Yes, I agree that this conspiracy theory that you don't believe in is stupid. And yes, you did prove all the reasons why you don't believe in it. But I'm mad that you didn't seem to take it seriously. And I think the point... Yeah. I get it kind of, but it's also like, look, I did months of research to get to my opinion. Yeah. So if I come into it and I'm like, look, I'm not going to pretend to believe in it and then do the switcher at the end and be like, oh, but there's this thing that disproves it. I can't do that. If I think it's stupid, I'm going to make fun of it. But it doesn't mean that I didn't give it a fair shake. Yeah. We get the same thing on Flat Earth all the time as if I haven't spent an insane amount of time researching Flat Earth stuff. There were, um, uh, there were people who believe that if you just research whatever they mean by that word research their pet theory enough you'll believe yeah. it and they can't they can't conceive of the idea that you could have researched more than them and disagree well that's the one thing i i said it in those episodes and i believe it to this day that i researched tartaria more than the people who spend their life talking about it yes. or at least was more honest in my research right. because they're either not researching research. it well yeah yeah research they're either not well what they're doing is they're reading reddit threads and taking them as gospel Right. That's not research. So I, I will stand, I'll go back and say, yes, I actually researched the whole Tartaria and its claims deeper and more thoroughly than most people who, who make a living talking about it. So yeah. anyway, we'll move on from Tartaria um, for now. For now. For now. <laughs> then uh, same week, we did a two for that week. Uh, we did Exposing the Post-Millennials. Oh, I had yeah. a big Tartaria thing and you had a big expose on the Post-Millennial. What has been, uh, what do you have to say about this one? What's been the kind of yeah since then? So Posobiec blocked me. That's funny. So I'm glad to know I got to him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this this one this was a slow burn too because it, it like slowly more and more people saw it and dropped hate comments on it. I kept looking back every month or so and seeing yeah. more people freaking out about it. I was like, <laughs> um, this is the first like really investigative journalism I ever did, and I was really really proud of it. And I, and I am really, really proud of it. And I think the more I look with a critical eye at conservative media, the more I see these threads 
just because somebody agrees with you and says a thing that you're too scared to say out loud does not mean they're a good person or that they're doing it for the right reasons or that we shouldn't hold these people to account. I think this is your most underrated episode in the entirety of the show. Thank you. I mean this very seriously because this episode didn't do super well. Um, it's not better in hindsight, but yeah. Sure. I, but my point is like... How dare you? <laughs> there was people who saw this who had... Who who care about conservative media the way that you do supposedly? Yeah, and didn't choose to like look into it for themselves, speak about oh, yeah, it. Yeah, they just share wanted it. to be mad about they it. They just wanted yeah. to shut it up. So like I, I, this episode to me, we we said at the end of it, it's like, hey, this story is only going to get out there if you guys share it, and it, it probably won't get out there much. But like, no one has done this story except for you. Uh, so I'm proud of 100%. you for it. It just Thank you. It, it sucks a little that it you know. <laughs> I don't care right. about I numbers. Just... I just I care about the truth getting out. Is my point. I do want to look at the numbers real quick, though, because I remember being surprised that it, yeah, it, it's up over 10K now. Which is not bad, it's but like most of our burn. episodes are about 10K. Yeah, it's been a slow yeah. burn, but I think it's still getting <clears throat> views. As and when people, she says 10K for people who are listening, she's talking about Rumble views exclusively. Yeah, yeah. So there's other places, too, but yeah. But yeah. It's got like 13 comments and I'm sure they're all hate comments. And <laughs> but I'm right. I know but you, that but I'm you, right. you didn't, yeah. you didn't do any gotchas or, or, uh, yellow journalism. You just like, here is what, yeah. I don't know. It was, I thought it was good. People go the back people, and watch it if you haven't seen it, but my sources on it. That was the hard them, part though, is they yeah. weren't willing to come forward, which I get with their names yeah. and c they were scared. Like I have never talked to a more scared group of people yeah ever and they were they just wanted to get it off their chest they just wanted somebody they didn't care how small it was going to be they were just like i just wanted to get out there so yeah, yeah. good stuff um i want to address one comment that was brought up a second ago Mel metalcore morticia talking about the tartaria thing said oh yeah would they rather feel tricked at the end when you reveal that you didn't believe it after all yes a lot yes. of people have told me they would prefer that we act like we believe in the conspiracy theory until we debunk it at the end because that's how um, Parcast does their thing. Uh, we're not, I don't want to be other shows. Like, this is our show. I, I'm not okay. going to lie to you guys. You guys uh, want us to be clicks, Parcast? Par Parcast. Yeah, please don't ever ask us oh to be Oh my Parcast. God. <laughs> if you want to know what we're talking about, listen to Conspiracy Theory or whatever their show is called. And it's. It sucks. Anyway, so <laughs> moving on, moving on. Uh, then we had 9-11, What You're Supposed to Forget. This was our most viewed episode on Rumble by quite a bit. Really? It's, uh, I think it's at 20,000 views just on Rumble. So wow, uh, it doubled most of our other shows this season. Yeah. And um, this was like the first one, one we've genuinely redone a show. Because my first 9-11 episode was... I was so new to podcasting. I really just, when we hit the, the year mark, I was like, I just want to redo it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I liked this one. Um, I also got to add in my own really unhinged thing about it being a giant uh, ritual, which is fun. Yes. And kind of, and we I'm got more into convinced the, of that all the time. Yeah. I, I, yeah. When I first did it, I was like, I don't know. Now I'm more convinced of it, but yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it really got me thinking and understanding um, Freemasonic Kabbalistic, imagery and stuff like that that's kind of helped me in, in future episodes so that was a good one uh then we go back to tartaria yeah! for the world's fair cover-up <laughs> i don't even know what to say about this one um this was my favorite of the tartaria episodes because the world's fair is so fascinating to me i like this one yeah i i feel like 
the first episode was my least favorite, and the second and third where I was able to like dig more into it because the first one was a lot about just like does Tartari exist, right? It was the boring you know, stuff, the yeah. mud flood stuff. But the World's Fair was definitely a much more fun um, take on it. I feel like we got some interesting stuff. This is the one where we got to talk about the idea of um, giant festivals to Moloch continuing yeah. and things like uh, Burning Man and things like um, the, what's that German one? I can't remember what it's called. Fantasy Island. Oh, or I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but that was an interesting one. So we took it in a very different direction. So I would say of, I guarantee you no one else has done a Tartari episode with the conclusion that we came to on this one, which was fun, which we like to do. Uh, then we moved on to Tartaria Antiquitech and the Millennial Reign. So we did back-to-back <laughs> Tartaria so I could get it off my brain. I think I called you that week, and I was like, look, I know next week's your episode. I need to get done with Tartaria. I need to be done. I need to, yeah. I need to do them back-to-back because I've just spent too much time in the research, and I can't hold on to all this information yeah. any longer. I was like, longer. go for it. I wanted to, like, flush it from my brain a little bit. So <laughs> this was oh, interesting. Um, this one we got to talk about uh, – the whole idea of preterism and stuff like that. And I know that idea has kind of grown. I know there's people in, in our in our chat that believes it. When I went back and listened to it, I'm even less convinced of preterism than I ever was before. Uh, but that's just me. I'm, I'm more and more convinced that it doesn't make any sense. Um, but that's a good episode if you want to understand that one. Uh, but you guys thought I was done with Tartaria. <laughs> but I, in fact, am not. Because a new Tartaria theory dropped. Oh boy. And it's Black History Month. So oh we're going to play it. Oh, boy. Um, let me know if you think we should do an entire episode on the castles and prisons of Tartaria. I would title it, We Was Kangs. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard about the indigenous castles of America? All of the historians state that our castles was turned into prisons and colleges, with the Alcatraz prison being the most famous one. This is what Queen Khalifa Castle said. Okay, let's get into how we lost our homes that we built. We've been fighting with the invaders since 1492, but I want to talk about the recent wars. We had our own military over here in America. This is what they don't tell you. A lot of us had to leave our... The, the Gullah Gullah military, by the way, was a, a group of slaves who broke away in North and South Carolina. That You can find it. It's not a hidden part of history, right. but anyway. Family and children go fight in this war. With our last stronghold being down in Florida, we had tribes come from all over the world to help us. This is why so-called slavery was still going on in the South and still so wars. Called the invaders was organizing the North. The invaders from the South. Wait, wait, wait. Killed- You're right. Why did he say so-called slavery? Is he fake saying that slavery to cover <laughs> fake up? Slavery. We was kangs. We was kangs. We weren't brought over here on ships. We lived here first, and we built castles. Yeah. yeah. The invaders up north that the war is over and that they won. But whole time, we were still fighting each other. The war was never over, but they started rounding us up, holding us as hostages. Just for the record, we was never slaves. We was POWs. And this is when they started to move inside of our castles. And they seen that we had dungeons on the bottom level. So instead of them building their own jails, they just threw us inside of our ancestors' house. And usually, the warden of the prison would stay up on the top level. Yes. These castles are ancient. Okay. So this is my favorite thing. Because at the end of this, he's saying, look, look, we've seen the FBI crime statistics too. The reason why so many black people are in jail is because they were our ancestral homes. (laughs) And we just want to sell crack to go home. (laughs) Like that's... 
I'm sorry, it's so stupid and so racist that I can't make like any other joke about it. It's so retarded. <laughs> All the prisons were our old castles. <laughs> oh my bruv. <laughs> I honestly, the whole TikTok thing, th there are times where, where John will send me a TikTok and I feel like it took me, he'll be like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, it'd be interesting if it wasn't just a load of shit. I think TikTok, it's so easy in that short form to put together something that sounds compelling that is absolutely groundless, baseless. And all they do is they pop up some like piece of evidence on the screen and then just like, like point at it as if like, yeah. look at this. And he's just like pointing at this comic book that says POW without even like, is that's your evidence or or like a still photo of of a of a black I think someone soldier? I think someone in chat just gave me the n-word pass. I wasn't going to use it, but thanks for the pass. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah. It's, that's a in perpetuity pass, right? PG I can think so. use the hard R anytime you want. Let me put it this way. If I'm listening to one of my favorite songs and it has a word that I wouldn't normally use in everyday conversation. But I just want to sing along to the song. Can I? Can I? Can I do that? Sorry, that's Scrubs season one episode. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I just found it funny. Like I, I don't even know what else there is to say about it. It's it's just as ridiculous. It's it's probably as ridiculous or more ridiculous and as m not worth my time as all the rest of it was. But <laughs> I just thought you guys deserved to know that we was Kangs. There's a new Tartaria episode out there. Uh, cat, <laughs> black people are in prison because it's their ancestral homes. So you're no welcome. Crack <laughs> you're Contra welcome. Black History Month. Like, no, you cannot use the hard R. <laughs> what about the soft? What about the A? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, then we got into uh, Marina Abramovich, the witch, the warlock, and Ukraine. I enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I enjoyed doing this episode. I th I think there was there was some feedback about that I wasn't fair to the the Azov battalion um that like they're not still Nazis or like that's just propaganda and and I think my only response to that is you make a choice when you continue to use certain symbolism yeah like if if you I, don't I, want I can't feel to bad for someone who wears a swastika and goes, well, how how do you not know that I mean it differently? Right. So retarded. It's that that's a choice. That is a yeah. that's a choice, and and I don't I don't buy that you don't know what what that symbolism means. The black sun, all of that. So that's my only response to that. I'm not I'm not gonna. I think we spend an awful lot of time trying to cover for people who are telling, like when people tell you who the, who they are, bully <clears> them. <throat> we spend an awful lot of time trying to cover for people. Oh, they didn't mean that. Oh, that that's just that's just a like. I feel the same way about people who use Confederate flags. To be honest, like I'm like you know what that symbol means. Don't bullshit me. But I agree with you on that one. I feel like everybody's like, well, it's it's the state battle flag of South Carolina. It's like, who gives a shit? Like at this yeah. point, let's just lay it to rest. Yeah, guy. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a good episode. I liked I liked that one quite a bit. Um, I feel like there's we talked. I talked in a later episode about like an up and coming possible new Marina Abramovich to keep an eye on. So maybe we'll have something on that in the future. But um, oh, and then and then John Podesta was like named as the new climate 
Czar, I guess. I saw that. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Want- that's all I had to say about that. Just replace John Kerry. Yeah. Like. Uh, then after that, we had the uh, 2017 Vegas shooting. This was our most listened to episode. Yeah. This was the most. It was up there on Rumble, but it was also our most downloaded episode on like iTunes and Spotify and stuff like that for season three. So nice. Uh, this one was very interesting. I got to give a shout out to Mindy Robinson because without her work, this episode yeah. would not have been what it was. Um, yeah. It is very hard to find information on this, and most of the information I found, and I said this at the time, and I linked it and, and everything like that, but it was Mindy Robinson's uh, Route, oh my gosh, why can't I remember, Route 99, I think is the name of the documentary, it's whatever that festival was called, but uh, yeah, uh, shout out to her, that was a very, uh, she, did, she did a lot of work to make that possible. It was really good, and it was a new one, to me, a brand new conspiracy to me, which was also really fun. I think it was to most people. I think everybody remembers the the shooting and and having questions. I mean, like that's weird. Um, but I don't think that most people like really looked that deeply into it because it just got hushed up so quickly. Like I I only knew you know the the early rumors of him having ties to Al Qaeda, or not Al Qaeda, ISIS through his girlfriend in the Philippines and stuff like that. But outside of that, I didn't know a whole lot about Steven Paddock. I didn't know about the helicopters. I didn't know about the automatic gunfire happening all over Vegas. That's on yeah. camera. Like that, the, the reason that this There's one was so there. interesting was because there's so much documented and then so much of it was scrubbed. And uh, luckily there's just too many people who've filmed things and remember things right. for it to like all completely go away. So that was a, that was a heck of an episode to research. It was very interesting. Uh, then we had Tony Merkel on talk about his new fun. show, The Shape of Shadows. Um, yeah, that was fun. It's really Tony. fun knowing both Tony and TJ Allard, and yeah. with TJ on the um, the Skinwalker Ranch side and Tony on the Space Wolf Research side of the same like yeah <laughs> area. same area. Yep. Yeah, that was very interesting. So we've got we've gotten to talk quite a bit about that whole skinwalker yeah. weirdness and ufos and stuff happening out there uh then we had paul stobbs on talking yeah. about nephilim clowns which paul stobbs is such a wonderful dude he's such um a yeah he's, he's one of my favorite people this one i did uh it was just me and paul on this one and then um we played this i think when we were traveling to where were we traveling to i can't remember it was was it the california thing was it cpac yeah it was probably cpac it was probably yeah. cpac so we went to the conference on procession and ancient knowledge in California yeah. this year, and uh, we did a we had an unhinged episode on it. If you guys want to check it out, but it was very interesting stuff. Um, Paul invited us onto his show later on, and we got to do a uh, conspiracy a truther therapy session, which was a whole lot of fun. Uh, I got compared to Jordan Peterson like three times. Uh, but I don't remember that. So. You don't. I, was, I just kept uh, philosophizing. Anyway, but uh, yeah, Paul sure was great. Okay. Okay. This was one of those things that sounded so ridiculous on its face. And then people put it in our Discord and asked us to get a hold of Paul and asked us to talk about this. And when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, this will be like a really funny, stupid conspiracy like that nobody actually believes. Right. And then I talked to Paul. I was like, oh, wow, they actually have taken the whole ancestor demon worship thing and represented it in popular media through clowns. In fact, um, he was just on uh, the sh- he was just on with uh, JT. J, JT follows JC and Demon Erasers. Oh, and yeah. I caught a little clip of that today where he was like, when Jack Nicholson talked to Heath Ledger, he's like, don't put on the clown makeup. He's like, you won't recover from it. 
Wow. And Heath Ledger, you know, killed himself, killed yeah. himself essentially like overdosed. And that, like that whole thing is like, yeah, these people know that this is like inviting the demons in. this goes back to, um, I never freaking remember the name of this guy, but we'll talk about him on the, we, we, I should remember him cause we're going to talk about him in the next episode. Um, in Haiti, the my gosh, oh, Baron, yeah. Baron Samidi, yeah, uh, where people put on the 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 ritual attire to look like Baron Samidi and drink the the rum and smoke the cigars to invite the spirit. Right. In. Um, and we did get into that in our next episode with uh, Cryptid Candy. We talked about taking Benadryl to see the Hat Man, and I theorized in that episode that the Hat Man might be the same demonic entity as Baron Samidi. Yeah, or however you say, same it. Um, same clown. I, I think it's I think it's at least you know plausible. It does seem like there's a lot of interesting crossover between those those entities, right? Uh, with looks and other things like that. Cryptid Candy was a lot of fun to talk to. He was as well. he was really interesting. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about this one or? Um, Cryptid Candy is one of those guys who knows his subject <clears throat> so well that when you first start talking about it, you're completely lost. And then you like, <laughs> just get him to keep talking, and he just pulls up another thread and another thread and another thread really good stuff he's he's an expert on his topic and it's really cool mm -hmm. all right then uh we had the business plot the attempted overthrow of the united states government which this one didn't do that well it, yeah i don't think it did i think it's a i think it's just a lesser known part of history right and that's why i was glad that we covered it because i yeah. had only heard about it like not that long ago and the whole point of the episode was like sometimes it makes it so people don't search a thing you right. know what I mean? They're not looking for a thing they don't know exists. Um, so it's just a good reason to share this show with people, let people know about Conspiracy Pilled, because then they can find out new stuff. And we can cover more things like this that are just not known. Right. Um, but it's not it that it's was, not documented. It's well documented. It's, it's well just documented. not taught. But the movie Amsterdam is about yeah. the business plot. Um, so that's kind of what inspired me to do it. And uh, it was fun. It was a fun, like, just a historical little piece of history people don't talk about. So, yeah, I like that. I mean, the whole reason was there's that part of the movie we were talking about the um, why well, can't I think of the name of the, the Nazi girls? Oh, the, the um, oh my oh gosh, gosh. what's their what do they call with the long hair that uses antennas to speak to the Pleiadians? Oh how, my gosh, how am I blank? Ah. I'm blanking on it too. Frill, frill, the frill, frill society. society. There we go. <sighs> And you told me about, you showed me that thing. And it was like, oh, look, they're talking about the Vril Society. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's about that episode I said plot, I wanted yeah. to do. So we did end up doing the business plot. That yeah. was a very interesting one. Um, this is one of our unhinged episodes. I want to throw in here a few of them that I feel like were worth talking about. Because uh, this is one that we were trying to go live on Locals. Locals had just allowed us to go live. So we're uploading our unhinged shows to Locals. Mm -hmm. um, and now we can live stream there. This is the first time we tried, I think. And it just didn't quite work. They hadn't figured out the bugs yet. So we're like, all right, screw it. We're going on Rumble. And we just uh, streamed this one to Rumble. So everybody got this one for free. Uh, but we talked about the Matthew Perry blood moon sacrifice and this idea that he was sacrificed during Sam Hain, <laughs> not Sawin, because uh, I don't say it that way, um, during the Hunter's Moon and things like that. This one was interesting because it had our most successful TikTok come out of it by a, a lot. It's something like 4 million views or something like that on TikTok oh, wow. at this point. Yeah. Um, it also probably got us, I said Tartari, I got us the most hate, but this one actually like by numbers of comments got us the most hate. But sure. most of them were just, it's so weird. That was, it was a lot of that. And then it was a lot of leave Doja Cat alone. 
Um, <laughs> so this was, this reminds oh, me of man. season one. We had that Anne Heche episode. And I said at the time, I'm like, this reminds me of Anne Heche because we have a toxicology report that it's pending. And we already have everybody making up their mind that this person did a bunch of drugs. Yeah. And in the Anne Heche, which is, a, I don't think many people listen to that one, but the Anne Heche one, uh, we said at the time, look, she was talking to a dude like two minutes before her car started acting like it was being remote controlled by someone else. And she didn't appear to be on drugs. And I bet the toxicology report will come back. She wasn't on drugs, but no one will give a crap. That's exactly what happened with Anne Heche. No one gave a crap because it's not, you know, it's a 24 hour news cycle. And with Matthew Perry, I said, it. I think we'll have a similar thing that when the toxicology report comes out, it's not going to be conclusive and people are just not going to give a shit anymore. And this one's a little weirder. So I want to talk yeah. about this. So there's, here's the people uh, article uh, that where they finally got the toxicology report back. It says Matthew Perry's cause of death determined friends actor died of acute effects of ketamine. So people are just like, oh, drug overdose. They read the headline and they move on. Well, I don't just read headlines. So we're going to move down a little bit. Uh, where it talks about his use of ketamine. It says, ketamine is dissociative anesthesic that comes with some hallucinogenic effects. It distorts the perception of sight and sound and makes the user feel disconnected and not in control and can induce a state of sedation, feeling calm, relaxed, immobility, relief from pain, amnesia. The autopsy states that Perry, who was reportedly clean for 19 months, was on ketamine infusion therapy with his latest treatment taking place just one and a half weeks before his death. However, the coroner noted that the ketamine in the system at death could not be from that infusion therapy since ketamine's half-life is three to four hours or less. So everybody okay. just accepts he's on ketamine infusion therapy. He died from a ketamine overdose. Case closed. But again, I've not been able to find a single source that says ketamine was found at the scene. And they're just like this. Yeah, he was in infusion therapy, but that could not possibly have been this ketamine and wow. he didn't die with people around so unless someone left the scene and took the ketamine and hid things i don't know what happened people will point to these articles that say that prescription drugs were found at the house so these are or older articles prescription drugs found in matthew perry's home after apparent drowning and if you read down it says authorities found antidepressants anti-anxiety drugs and copd drugs in his house and ketamine's never brought up ketamine can be used for um, anti-depression, kind of. And last year was the first year that they allowed ket that ketamine was turned into pill form. It's normally injected um, and was prescribed. So the possibilities there, but again, every article back in early November and late October was saying, yeah, Matthew Perry died with some prescription drugs, but nothing he could have overdosed on. Well, if ketamine was one of those drugs, do you not think they would have pointed that out or said, hey, this drug is something you can definitely overdose on, especially it can make you fall asleep in a hot tub and die. Mm -hmm. But instead of any of that, it's just, yeah, we found like COPD drugs and like Mylanta. Mm. And like, that's it. So it, it's like they left it open-ended enough really that no weird. one. Yeah. Do you think they do it to like test out what story is going to play and then just kind of go with the one that's everyone's assuming the hardest i do i think they leave it open-ended enough it's like it's like a uh i'm trying to think okay so remember back in the day when the well you don't remember back in the day i don't know why i said that back when original um back when uh detective novels were originally written they were not written in novel form they were written in newspapers and pulp magazines a, a chapter at a time 
and the author had time to get feedback where people would say, oh, what, what if this happened? And then they could like write the ending the way that their audience was hoping it would go. Ex exactly. Yeah. This is like that, right? It's like, you know, here's an open-ended, you know, closed door murder investigation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we'll leave it just open-ended enough. You know, maybe someone was at the house. Maybe there was drugs. Maybe there was this, maybe that. And then they just go with the story that everybody wants. And it just, again, like, the whole ketamine angle just doesn't pan out to anything that makes sense. It would have been brought up somewhere. Like, so, you think someone would have said, yeah, we found a bottle of ketamine, which is something you could easily overdose on. But they didn't say that. So I don't know. I I, I still think he was sacrificed. Um, and I think that when we get to a later episode, it, it, it makes even more sense. But uh, that was one of our most popular unhinged episodes. So, again, if you want to get stuff like that, please support the show motor conspiracy pill.locals.com get stuff like this uh then after this i started doing the uh real conspiracies we had the inception mk ultra theory i have not been able to do a lot of these guys because you know I, my life's been a little crazy but uh this was a thing that i want to continue to do where we were uh it's like shorts that i talk about um conspiracies and and things like that in movies and video games and books and stuff like that so we got to talk about the idea that Inception is actually uh, about MK Ultra, so go check them. It's like twenty minutes long. Uh, then we did the Dolce Base Underground Alien Biolab episode, season three, episode twelve. And you'd never heard of this before, had you? No, no. I, I most of the alien stuff has been fairly new to me that you've introduced. Yeah, I don't think you've been super into the alien stuff before. Well, I definitely before having. The ability to separate out the difference between a demon and a fallen angel. And and I I didn't have a a mental structure to even put aliens into. Mm -hmm. Uh wait. Yes. I think. Yes. I think that's what I had. Did I believe in aliens before? I, I, I don't yeah, know. I I think that I just struggled in the C.S. With like, Lewis way of like maybe they're possible. You yeah, know, like but I think I, I had a hard time created by God or something. I had a hard time with a lot of the physical manifestation on Earth parts of it because I just mm. I didn't have a framework that I could make it. Make I feel sense like in. definitely understanding the uh, Nephilim, you know, ancient yeah. angels theory makes it make a lot more it's sense a, and it also makes it, sense they, of their agendas and it makes sense of like why uh yeah, yeah and how and, and and the physicality thing and stuff like that for sure that's definitely where I, I know that's where we both lean uh and we've definitely done a lot of research to get there but uh yeah no the dolce base one was interesting because i feel like this is one of those cases that i think everybody needs to understand if they want to get into conspiracy and 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 look at some of these top level things like the history to understand what the history channel's real agenda is is probably the best reason to watch this episode especially the rumble section at the end because this is this is ultimately a story about the air force messing with people to so muddy the waters in an investigation yeah that no one of any side knows who to believe and people that can straight face tell me that they believe phil schneider and you know, I, I don't know what to say to you because, again, he could be right, but the the water's – and he can't be. I'm sorry. He's full of shit. But, like, the water's so muddied at this point with so many people. It's like, who do you really trust? And then people will listen to Richard Benowitz 
and they'll watch Ancient Aliens and see Richard Benowitz on there, and they'll know the history of who he is. Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, this guy's definitely telling me the truth He's now. Totally, yeah. He ruined a ton of careers and then has openly talked about how he's tried to ruin more, including Linda Moulton Howes, by feeding them misinformation. But he's definitely on the History Channel for a good reason, telling us the truth about aliens now. This is this is going back to what people mean when they say, go research this. I, I researched this. Yeah. You yeah. didn't research shit. You went and found stuff that agreed with your preconceived idea. That's not research. That's not digging into something. That's not seeking the truth out. That's you deciding Someone what you believe. Someone said something and, and then, I believed them is not research. Yeah. And then yeah. finding, you know, just it's, it's like you already decided what you wanted to believe. And then you find a stack of information that fits your narrative and like rounds it out gives it color and makes it fun but mm -hmm. but there's there's no like and, actual academic rigor there at all and this theory is fun but it's fun for the fan fiction reason it's fun right, right. like uh what's that um the whole dolce wars fan fiction that the guy admitted was fan fiction is yeah. a fun read it's ridiculous <laughs> it's got everything you could possibly want in a bad you know sci-fi b movie uh but it's not <laughs> true and like nothing in this story is true really and well i shouldn't say that that's the interesting part of it right is there was something real that the air force needed to cover up and we don't know what it is because the water's so muddy uh yeah we're who's letting canadians in the chat jeez yeah. Mods, we had get standards on around here <laughs> this is a show about what, what's our intro say about uh time traveling bigfoot and alien sex cults we have standards this is Serious journalism. This is serious people. journalism, folks. <laughs> oh. And then I don't remember where you were for this episode. I was, was it just the the it yeah it, it was the premiere of Lady Ballers. The premiere of Lady Ballers. That's right. So that's Abby went doing. to be a movie star, and I got myself put on another list. Uh, so we did the, <laughs> I just had to get away for this particular episode. Just, I, just I value my life. Uh, this is the Clinton body count episode, and in it. Uh, so I had my sister Elise on, and uh, I think we did a good job of trying to cover yes. all of the major things that we could. It was um, like, it was thorough. There was a lot of information in that episode. And the list grows and is big, and there's people who disagree. So like we said in the beginning, there's no way we're going to get to every single person that has ever been alleged on this list. Mm -hmm. um, but I did think it would be appropriate now that you're here to cover one more that we left off that list that night. Oh boy! Uh, just because we didn't have time for it and it's newer, and I I don't even know I, I don't even know the exact connections uh, that Mark Middleton has with the Clintons, but this has this has their fingerprints all over it. And you don't even have to go to a conspiracy website; you just have to read the official report on what happened. And it's just like, yep, this this guy was Clinton. So here's here's an interesting one for you. Shotgun discovered near body of former Clinton aide. <laughs> Mark Middleton. A shotgun was discovered near the body of the former Clinton aide with links to Jeffrey Epstein, who died by suicide last year, yeah, despite yeah, initial reports okay. to the contrary, officials said this week. Wow. Uh, this was February of last year. So this is a year ago. Um, based on an initial report released yesterday, the outlet previously claimed that there was no weapon at the scene. The additional papers written by Sergeant Keenan Carter also detail the lengths Middleton went to ensure his suicide attempt was successful by standing on a bench and tying an electrical cord around his neck before finally shooting himself in the chest. Oh my God. Right. Because yeah. people who are going to <clears throat> shoot themselves to death go to the trouble of hanging themselves. As well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is believed that, well, it gets worse. It's believed that Mar <laughs> Mr. Middleton pulled the trigger on the firearm casing, uh, on the firearm casing 
it to causing, I think is what it's saying, it right. to discharge and strike him in the chest and then fell from the bench, causing the extension cord to become tight, cutting off his breathing. <laughs> he was found at his uh, ranch in Arkansas. Yeah, that's <laughs> right in Clinton right. territory. That's how suicide. This works. is how this is how suicide works. If you if you killed yourself in Arkansas, you didn't kill yourself. Uh, if you're Catholic, it means you still go to heaven. Uh, initial reports claimed a gun was not found at the scene. Just moments before his death, the HVAC businessman who served as a special advisor to President Bill Clinton and assistant to Chief Staff Thomas F. Mac McLarty in the early 1990s. Again, serving for Clinton. At the time when all of the shit was on the table and all of the people were being silenced for what they knew, he reportedly texted his wife, Rhea, and found the, the, quote, perfect place to take a nap in the sun. You're a great mom and a wife, babe, he allegedly wrote. I love how it's allegedly even. It's like they don't, can't even confirm that he wrote, he wrote these wrote text, text messages. messages. Uh, please be ha uh, happy today to get some sun. I will make you feel better. I love you. He concluded the message with a heart emoji. His body was discovered that afternoon when ranch employee Ian Peters noticed that his SUV had been parked for several hours. According to the report seen by the Daily Mail, the deputies found a gun case and three rounds of buckshot in Middleton's car before they came upon the body. I went into a nearby trail to the south and then heard my colleague calling for help. Peters said instead of the gruesome discovery, I ran towards her. And could see the officer moving towards where she was. She was pointing towards the overlook, asking, is that a human? Is that a body? Again, this gun was wow. found 30 feet from his body. Like, Jeez. that's the important part of this whole thing, right? Is this guy who had all these links to the Clintons. Again, that's the, the, the funny thing, the reason this episode is so interesting is because the biggest proof against the Clinton body count list is that it's just, it's the preponderance. People will say, people who are defending it will say, all you're doing is naming a ton of people who are connected to the Clintons and then pointing that they had suspicious deaths. And the only reason that your theory makes any sense is because you throw so many names out. It's like, yes. Like, why is that a bad? I've never understood how that's a defense against it. Like, oh, well, you're just listing a ton of names and that, that uh, doesn't mean anything. And it's like, well, how many, like, find me a person in the right. world who has that many employees kill themselves right like you can't because statistically it's impossible of like so with tartaria for example you get a lot of bad evidence and then they want to pretend like all the bad evidence stacks up to good evidence that that is 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 bad research but when you get when the statistic is the evidence when it's it's like yeah how how can one couple know so many people who killed themselves how does how is Kaniac suicide follow it out. they just make a lot of friends with suicidal people yeah they're just really drawn to them just That's... really drawn to it's just their it's their toxic trait yeah it's their <laughs> curse you know, you're unlucky, things break around you, people kill themselves around the Clintons. That's just that's just how it goes. That's just their curse. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel like like, look, and that's another one where you don't have to lie to prove your point. I think that's a, that's a point that I keep making with this show. Right. There was definitely people on the Clinton list from 1994 that were shit, that, that, that right. didn't belong in the list, that sure. some of them even were made up, I think. Hmm. But you don't need to make it up, like, because there are the boys it's on the tracks. without right? lying. There yeah. are the kids who, who died on the train tracks right. who the coroner was given a a huge raise by Clinton when he said that they uh, smoked 20 marijuanas and killed themselves, right? Like there's enough right. evidence there. Vince Foster, you know, like there's tons and tons of things where you're just like, 
yeah, I don't have to lie to make the list bigger. It's a huge list, and some mm-hmm. of these have a ton of information. Yeah. Um, so I, we try to be honest about the ones that are like, yeah, that doesn't really make any sense. Because uh, you don't you don't need to lie for the truth. That's what I keep saying. So uh, then we started, an, uh, Abby started another series right after this one called Dear Abby, uh, where she answers all of your questions. And uh, it's been fun. I've been liking those. I think a lot I, of people I really like them. I like my awkward character that I play for Dear Abby. It's, character. It's very far away from my, my real life. It's very, yeah. I want to make that clear. She's not awkward in real life at all, guys. She's not a homeschool kid. So, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, that's fun. You guys got to keep sending them in and uh, we'll keep doing them as we get enough for. Yeah, episodes. we will. We will for sure. All right. So uh, going back, we had the Mandela effect episode, which was mm-hmm. interesting um, because I I don't want I, I hate sounding like I'm just like uh, patting myself. Wait, where was I for this one? Was I this can't the, remember. Maybe this was the premiere. I'm so confused. No. I don't remember. You also were dealing with like really bad. Um, there was stuff. Yeah. What am I trying to say? Morning sickness. So I think you took a few weeks off be- between the mor- the lady ballers and the morning sickness and things like that. I, I, don't, I don't really remember. Yeah. Those were. Uh, okay. These two episodes were actually in a row. Clinton body count and Mandela effect. They were. Yeah. So. Okay. <clears throat> so. Um, yeah. You might have just been sick. So the Mandela effect episode was interesting because. I spent a lot of time trying to not do the episode that everybody else does, which is, oh, look, things are weird. Uh, that means that there's a multiverse. And it just it feels so lazy and stupid to me, and I don't believe in a multiverse. So I don't know if I did the best job explaining why I don't believe in multiverse and simulation theory and many worlds theory. Um, but I tried. <laughs> I think it comes down to that even Schrodinger was making a joke. And everybody's taken Schrodinger's joke about the cat and been like, oh, he, what he's saying is that the cat can be alive and dead. And, he, and what Schrodinger's really saying is, no, you'd have to be so smart to be dumb enough to believe that the cat can be alive and dead because the cat is right. a thing. It's an entity. And it ha- like the world exists. Like things happen. It's like the whole question of like if a tree falls in the woods, do you hear it? It's a simulation theory. It's, it, it really just tests right. whether you believe in simulation theory, right? And the answer is, yes, it makes a sound because I'm not <laughs> like – I'm not God, you know, this right. is, this whole thing isn't an, you know, me imagining it all. Right. Um, but, uh, what was interesting about this is I wanted to find a different theory than everybody was saying. It's just multiverse and it's time travel and this and it's that and we covered all of those, but I, I came to the conclusion that some of it is bad memory and some of it's, some of it's actually gaslighting. And I think that the corporate level <laughs> gaslighting yes. was real. And at the time there was no proof for what I was saying about corporate level gaslighting on a world scale. Um, but within a month of us posting this episode, it became a very trendy topic to talk about the cornucopia and fruit of the loom because a lady had actually proved that yes, the corporations can gaslight you that much that they can actually deceive the entire world essentially into believing that there was no cornucopia in the fruit of the loom. So here's that. And then I'll show you some proof. I officially have government documentation that Fruit of the Loom is lying about never being associated with the cornucopia. That we should first start off with this Frank West album, Fruit we of the Loom, which too. was made in the late 1970s and was a clear spinoff <coughs> of Fruit of the Loom. I don't know how to credit a Redditor, but this one deserves an award because he went so far down the rabbit hole, he ended up reaching out to the son of the artist who created the art for the album cover. The son responded, Based. making it very clear that Fruit of the Loom... Is she playing a character with no personality or is it like that I, actually? I, I, I think 
think so. Okay. The loom was in fact inspired by Fruit of the Loom and the cornucopia was part of its logo. Predator even brought receipts and took a screenshot of his email conversation. Part I'm most excited about this. Oh, hold on. Swimhook has a good point. He says there was a Mandela Effect episode in season three. Weird. I distinctly remember that episode <laughs> that dying, dying in prison. prison in season one. That's so good. That's the best Mandela Effect <laughs> joke I've ever heard. That's great. Oh, this well is an official well. government document for the Fruit of the Loom trademark. And if you look at the bottom, it said baskets of fruit, containers of fruit, cornucopia, horn of plant. And I'm not arguing that there's no room for discussion about when and how this logo was used, but it's clearly dishonest for Fruit of the Loom to make us believe we're crazy for assuming that the cornucopia was ever associated with their logo. It still makes absolutely no sense to me how each one of us have a vivid memory of our childhood asking our mom what's in the Fruit of the Loom logo, and that's how we learned what a cornucopia was. An attempt to back Fruit of the Loom into a trademark corner. I'm now selling these sweatshirts, which means I'm about to be sued for every penny I'm worth, but they'll have to admit the cornucopia is a part of their logo. I freaking love it. So. She's amazing. It, like, this whole thing what is a, hilarious. What a brilliant, yeah. And just to check that she's not just saying this, I it's not a hard thing to find the Fruit of the Loom trademark details wow. on the internet. And here's design searches uh, and and all this stuff. And it says berries, grapes, alone or in bunches, apples, baskets, bowls, and other containers of fruit, including the cornucopia horn of plenty. That they had to say that in the trademarking of this logo, right. that this are these are the distinct things that make up our logo is fruit and the cornucopia. <laughs> so Amazing. I don't know when they stopped using it. But if you go on Fruit of the Loom's website, they say we haven't been using it since 1920, or we've never used it. We can trace all the way back to 1920. Right. And it's obviously a lie. So my point is, I think that the, the, the idea of corporate gaslighting on that high of a level, uh, which seemed crazier to people than that there's a million worlds right. and every time you flip a penny, it gives it, you know, spurns out into a different universe and, and time travel and all this crazy stuff somehow the idea that corporations would just mess with you to see how to like treat well, us like a yeah. giant social experiment was so insane to people but it just seems to be the case that the gaslighting is there to to test our memories and then they can say to you oh you just have bad memories like well why do i have a bad memory are you lying to me all the time right they're an abusive spouse. The the government and the corporations, the corporatist America is an abusive spouse. That's what it is. It it really is. And so much of it has to do with logos. I think that's what we kind of came down to was like noticing what things the Mandela effect is usually about. It's usually logos and celebrities. And those are things that are easily controlled by yep. the powers that be to and there's, gaslight there's a, us. There's motive there as well. Easy, easy to understand. It's not like something I can't even think of a good example right now, but I can understand why a corporation would want to be like, no, we didn't change our logo. We're, we're, we've been steady this whole time. We've we've always been ourselves. Uh, I, I can see the motive motive for that. Yeah, it's just weird to me. And it's like the media does this too. I pointed it out that the media will tell you a story and they'll be adamant about it and they'll show you footage of it. And then the next day that was never the case and it was always a different thing. Right. Um, but we all, we all expect it from the media. It's just that people don't like trace that to, well, who owns the media? Right. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times it's these giant corporations. So like if you think the media is going to lie, why would you think the people who own the media wouldn't lie in a similar way? And I, right. I think that's what we did with that episode. So uh, that was interesting. Let's see. Um we have episode 15, Skull and Bones, Yale's Brotherhood of Death. 
That was fun. This was a fun one. I love the title. It was so much easier to research than almost any other episode I've ever done. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's the thing too, right? Is like, where do you? Let me ask you this: Where do you line up on like what Skull and Bones is? If you had to like boil it down into like an in a nutshell. Well, I think I think we we agreed on on the idea that it's it's practice for the real world. It's it isn't that it is the elite group running the world but that it's practice for that for that um yeah it's a it's like a power internship or apprenticeship or a a trade school i think that's the best way to put it it's a trade school for the elite (laughs) you know what i mean to like right how how does handling power and secrets work in the real world yeah you know yeah um and i think it makes a lot of sense we gave a lot of examples my favorite example is red rising you gave the example of uh what, what book did you give an example um, of? Oh, Lee Bardugo, who no, is there a was that said, one, but I meant like oh. of us. Yeah, there that oh. one. I read that book, by the way. I liked yeah, it. It was good. I don't, I don't know what you're referring to. I'm sorry. I thought you gave another example of a book where like everybody's in a a school setting where they they're competing with each other. You know, different houses. I don't know. Harry Potter's maybe an example <laughs> of that, but like. It doesn't matter. I thought I you gave know, an, yeah Lee Bardugo though that um I that didn't read definitely. that one. But one of the jokes that I made in this episode is that uh, you know how do I put this? They started allowing women in. Yep. <laughs> and this is when we you know get people like Lee Bardugo who write about it you know, and I was like they're kind of ruining the secret societies like they're doing all these things to. You yeah. know it's it's not it's not the cool old boys club. This is when we started finding out secrets. This is when the gossip started around it. This is when we find out that George Bush, you know, jerked right. off on his friends in a coffin and stuff like that. Like, this is the weird stuff. And it's because it's specifically because we let women into these secret societies. And four weeks ago, we had a story come out that is absolute proof of this. So this is from airmail.news. And it says, skeletons in the closet. The culture wars have come for skull and bones. Yale's most prestigious and mysterious Secrets. secret society. Uh, so let me see. Um, <clears throat> diversity, equity, inclusion are all the rage on elite college campuses these days. Not to mention that Bill Ackman's Twitter and it goes on to talk about like how DEI is infecting the college campus. Yeah. And uh, I, I picked a few spots. I wrote them down in my notes of, of what to talk about in this one. So we got here. It says there's a whole different population here than there was. Uh, and that informs everything at Yale, everything. It's fair to say <clears throat> that we used to be, what used to be true of Skull and Bones, that was pr- to preserve a white, sorry, that it was a preserve of white men is decidedly no longer the case. Of the 14 Yale seniors in the Skull and Bones Club of 2023, it seems that only one, Lucas Filippo, was a white cisgender straight male. Wow. He hails from rural Mississippi, a first-generation low-income student who dances around his room to wow. Taylor Swift and searches for the Wait, perfect chocolate chip cookie. I thought it said he was straight, too. Uh, so zero cisgender zero. straight white males in yeah, uh, Skull and Bones now. According to his biography in the Society Club of 2023 roster, among Filippo's more diverse colleagues were a black woman from Kenya, the son of a Korean Presbyterian pastor wow. from the Midwest, and a woman who grew up in uh, South Korea. There's also a Dine woman who was raised in Arizona on the, the lands fuck? of the Navajo Nation. Of the 15 members of the current class, the club of 2024, it appears that only 32-year-old Bobby Atkinson from Janesville, Minnesota, is a white man. A self-proclaimed fan of the writings of 
Dostoevsky, Atkinson, served multiple combat deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan before attending Yale as an undergraduate. He also likes coffee. According to his club of 2024 bio, his fellow classmates of 2024 Bonesmen include 24-year-old Nathan Chen, the Olympic champion figure skater. All right. And Astra Aguilar from Willowburn, Massachusetts, who is majoring in women's gender and sexuality studies with a focus on contemporary trans playwriting. Oh, my God. That sounds made up. That it sounds make- so made up. It sounds like a, a right wing talking point. It's like, oh yeah, they're just they're they're uh majoring in contemporary trans playwriting. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, you go on, it talks about the history of when they started letting blacks in and when they started letting women in and all this stuff. And then when you get to the end here, it says each year the club sounds out a directory of new club members, including their pictures and their biographies. Alumni Richard says can take one oath and see that whites and males generally are in the minority. However, you can okay, wait, the- <laughs> they're putting out the names and pictures again. <laughs> so sorry, I'm the article's wow. long, so I'm skipping a lot of parts, but he says, you're not supposed to know this stuff. We found out some stuff. They won't, they won't comment because they're not oh. supposed to say they're in the club. So it's the, the, that's the other point of this, right? Is they're not supposed to put these names out, but the, the, the woke students are making such a fuss that it's like getting out there and you'll see that in these last few paragraphs of the types of fusses that they're making that are getting this like attention. Right. Uh, and he's saying like, once you, once you swear into the skull and bones, you can find out who else remembers. And when you find out, you'll find out that it's mostly hasn't been white people for a long time and it's not men. It's mostly they're going for the DEI uh, goals. Wow. Hardcore. Uh, he continued the alumni were, Truly bothered by the change, they wouldn't have donated $3.22 million to Skull and Bones as much as ever as they did last year. Uh, Richard says that the use of some of the money raised to construct a ramp at the tomb so that the Muslim woman in a hijab in a wheelchair could get its... Dude, it's like, how many boxes can you... Is this the Babylon Bee? Like... (laughs) Oh, my word. Dude, does it not read like a Babylon Bee article? It's like we got Asian male figure skater. We've got uh, the the one white dude listens to Taylor Swift and likes his chalky milk. Yeah. And then we've got the, uh, what else was there? There was the the transgender playwright. Playwright. The Muslim wheelchair lady. Oh, my word. I mean, they're getting all of the freaking diversity points. What's the point of DEI if you can't brag about it, though? I don't know. Because that's, that's the other thing they're saying is like, look, there there might be alumni who are bothered by this and there might be current people who are bothered by this, but none of them are willing to risk the reputation because the other thing they're doing is they're going in, they're saying, well, look, we've got all these pictures of old white men in the tomb and we're going to take those down and we're going to write a formal letter as, as the Skull and Bone Society to President George Bush and talk about how we hated the Iraq war. And like, dude, it's so woke. It's insane. So it's it's hilarious to me because I hate to see the world go woke, but I do love to see the secret societies destroy themselves because of the agendas that that they push. I think it's so funny. So a little bit of a uh, sweet karmic retribution. Wow. Uh, not that I believe in karma, but it's freaking funny. <laughs> it, 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 it makes me want to circle back to a conspiracy that they're not actually <clears throat> DEI and that they're putting out these names and descriptions of people who don't Okay, exist. but I would believe that because sorry, but when you it's write a sentence right? like we had to we had to install a ramp for the Muslim woman in a hijab in a wheelchair. It sounds like it's Tell like me a that's not the Babylon B. It sounds it's, like they're trolling and then then the people they're trolling are too stupid to notice <laughs> that it's satire. It's too freaking funny. It's too funny. <laughs> 
All right. So let's get back to these episodes. So then we had uh, the gold juice, adrenochrome or the blood of the gods. I am I'm proud of this episode, and I want to say that uh, if you haven't listened to this one or you know people who are interested in the whole adrenochrome thing, I would say just this send them good. this episode yeah. because I think I truly believe what we came the conclusion I came to at the end of this episode yeah. that we have been talking about adrenochrome all wrong, and that's part of the reason why they're willing to like look the other way is like what we think of adrenochrome is a thing. But mm-hmm. the evidence of adrenochrome is that it's a drug. And when we keep hearing it's a mm-hmm. drug and it's the life-giving substance. It's like and I think two that different they're things. two yeah. different things. I think the gold juice is the latter. And I think that historically uh, and mythologically, we have all of the evidence that that is what this thing is, that the alchemists right. were all trying to find it. And whether it's symbolic or not, that is what the, the symbol of gold juice is, right. is the symbol of eternal life or the symbol of, you know, the, the fountain of youth, whatever you want to call it. And the adrenochrome harvested is for for drugs, essentially. I mean, it's what we keep coming back to. It keeps right. being there. It's in fear and loathing. It's in the Canadian studies of 1950s. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this was a good episode. So please I think so uh, too, yeah. do us a favor. I'll also say this. We are streaming live right now. There's a whole bunch of you people watching. We are so close to 6,000 followers. So if you can take a moment while we're streaming and share this on Twitter subscribe. or Facebook book, or if you're not subscribed or whatever, if you're on YouTube or Facebook, come over to rubble, help us cross that 6,000 mark while we're streaming tonight. And if we can do that, we'll, we'll do a giveaway at the end of the show. Let's put it that way in the rumble section. Later, we'll do a giveaway. We're so close. Um, there's definitely enough people here that if you went and got someone to, to come over and just give us a quick follow or subscribe, we would hit that 6,000 mm-hmm. mark. So, Let's work on that. And if you um, are a regular listener on like an audio iTunes platform, or Spotify, we don't care if you actually watch us on Rumble. Just go over to Rumble, see our pre- my pretty face and PJ's face, and just face. subscribe real quick. And then I'm you told my to- mother loves it, but I have doubts. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no, no, but like we could that subscriber count. We, we could really use a hand with. Absolutely. Absolutely. G- guys, Rumble's doing some really big things right now. Yes. And uh, we're excited for it. I know we did a stream recently. We talked about how the Rumble studio is not up to snuff, but uh, they are doing some pretty awesome stuff there. We don't have to get into all of it. But my point is that we want to grow with Rumble. We think that Rumble is actually the next thing coming up that's really going to yeah. give. Tw- I, think it's, I think they're going to put Twitch out of business, to be honest. I'm not saying they're going to put YouTube out of business, but they're going to put Twitch out of business. Um, it's so time. help, help support us there as the channel grows and help us grow it. Our channel, uh, really means a lot. So gold juice, I think that's all I had to say on that one. That was a good episode. Uh, does sentient AI already exist? Season three, episode 17. This was remedial, but I think we all needed it. Yeah, no, I mean, sometimes we have those episodes where it's like, let's just, let's just put a definition to the things that we're talking about. Yeah. Because People throw around things out. like AGI and people yeah. hear about Sam Altman and they hear about XAI. But if you don't have that like knowledge base, and I think that's something we try to do often is we, we've made it a goal to never talk about something on the show mm-hmm. without giving you what you need to understand it. So we're yeah. definitely doing episodes that are going to be over somebody's head, but we never do that without saying, here's the base knowledge on a previous episode. You can listen right. to, you can come back. Um, because we don't want to stay remedial all the time, but we don't want 
someone to have to like be confused and like, well, where do I have an understanding of what you're talking about? Right. So there's well, definitely you can episodes hand where somebody, like that. you can hand somebody so much information if they don't have a place in their brain to put it. I think right. of like some of those episodes is like, you just have to build the shelving to put the information <clears throat> on sometimes. And, and I sometimes know I they're not that. even the most fun episodes. They're not the no, most memorable, not. but they are important. And it's yeah. always something we can point back and be like, Hey, look, if you don't have an understanding of this thing, we we did the groundwork for you. We gave right. you the definitions. We gave you a framework. So, and if I don't have it, I'm going <laughs> to assume you don't have it because, right? I'm a yeah. narcissist like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, another another episode um, that was on Unhinged is the uh, Ancient Eight Consortium. So this going back to the Skull and Bones thing. Abby's the first person that I either of us could find that did an episode on this. You can find stuff about this online, but if you're a podcast listener. There's nothing. There's nothing. Like, there's on not the all podcasts yeah. I could find that talks about this thing. It talks about Wolf's Head and talks about Book and Snake and Scroll and Key and all the other secret societies at Yale that are not Skull and Bones. So yeah, this was one that we did put out on Unhinged first, um, but we did put it out as a preview for other people. So you guys can listen to this one even if you're not subscribed. But again, please do help support the show. Um, I'm not yes. saying that just because you know I like just to, cause... but it really does help, and we're trying to. Put it a lot of time lot and effort into this. To both and, of us, yeah. Uh, I've had I've recently had to pick up a lot more shifts at work uh, than I want to. So if I could put more time into the show, you would, we would have more things. We could do more things. Right. Saying. So, um, but that was a good one. I think you did a really good job. Um, covering that one. Uh, this was another huge episode. This one, yeah. the leave the world behind, was big. Uh, I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but it's doing really well. Uh, I think we had some TikToks out of this one that did really well. I had I was skeptical. I was like a movie <clears throat> review for for a main episode. Shouldn't this be an unhinged episode? But you were right. This one was a big I deal. wanted to do it as a real conspiracies and then I was like that's too long. And then I was going to do it for unhinged. I'm like it's too important. Mm -hmm. And I just kept debating on myself till I finally went, "All right, I need to have this Let's conversation with Abby and I yeah. need to make it a long episode and I need to dive deep." And what I found is that not only did we dive deeper than most people, but since the episode, more has come out about this. Right. I mean, it's just such a deep topic. I mean, it, it's it's weird to say it about a movie, but like yeah. so much in this. So I'm not even going to try to explain everything we covered. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and watch it because I think it's one of our best from from this season. But um, <clears throat> where do we even start with this? So one of our biggest uh, things that came out of this, the biggest TikTok we had that com came out of this was the QR code. In fact. Yeah. On TikTok, if you look for we'll leave the world behind QR code, we come up in the top like five on nice. that, I think. So um and in that we talked about how there was a clay family incident in West Virginia and that they built an amusement park on the dead graves of Native American right. burial grounds and slaughtered um European children and all this crazy stuff that the yeah. movie felt was very important as if there wasn't enough subtle hints that this movie is about child sacrifice by the elites mm -hmm. they had to like put that out there one of the comments we kept getting from people is that there was more qr codes in the movie and right there are and i don't i'm just gonna show it so like here's one this lady talks about uh i'll just play this really quick maybe it'll let me play it might have to refresh this page. Oh, it does have a QR code there. Ooh. Yeah, I totally forgot about this one. I was going to be done talking about it. I was going to be done. I was going to put the video out. I was going to be done. 
but here we are again. Here's the QR code on this window sticker that was in the Tesla scene. I'm not scanning it. You're not going to get me to scan it, but there it is if you want to. I don't recommend doing that. All right, so she's talking. I don't have to play the whole thing because she's like, I don't want to find out what this QR code goes to. I tried to find out. Um, I'm not a Photoshop expert, so I tried to scan it. It wouldn't scan. I looked at all the Reddit threads and looked at TikToks and looked on everywhere. And the only articles are about the one QR code on the map. This huh. QR code from all I could find from people who recreated it said it just doesn't lead anywhere. That's just, look, that's oh. how car stickers are, right? So maybe it wasn't a big deal. But then I heard that the um, satellite in Leave the World Behind also has a QR code what? on it. So I tried to find it. And I, I'm skeptical on it, but I'm going to show it to you. So okay. tell me what you think. Oh, shoot. Uh, there we are. I'm going to turn the volume down, but this is the satellite, and you see the, the panels. Oh, They look yeah. like QR codes. Shit. Yeah, they do. And I think they are, right? I mean, they definitely are, right? Like, that's not normal. Those are QR codes. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find anybody who recreated and scanned Jeez. these, but I did find one person on a Reddit thread who claimed to. They didn't give any proof. They claimed to, and then they showed the website that it linked them to, which led me to even more questions. Ah! This is the smailcorp.com. This is the website that comes up. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And you can click and like little messages pop up. Yeah. And like, hey, this is restricted. It can't come in here. You have to go on the mobile site. By the way, I tried to recreate the mobile site on the computer, but I didn't have time to do it. So yeah. smailcorp.com on your mobile phone. Actually, you should look it up right now. It's weird. Okay. It puts you in an elevator and wait, you go wait, through wait, wait. floors. Wait, and you wait. can slow down. <laughs> E-S-M-A-I-L-C-O-R-P.com on your mobile browser. Okay. And it puts you ah. inside of an elevator and you can and go to different floors. Oh, this is so weird. And every floor has weird, weird stuff going on. Weird occult symbolism. But this, you can scroll up here. Look at the screen again real quick. You can scroll up and it's like the, it's a, just a different version of it. It's with all this so weird symbolism weird. On, and these oh, eyes. Oh, mermaid. Yeah, <laughs> there's your mom. There's your mom. Uh, and they, they talk to you and say weird things, right? And they've got all these eyeballs everywhere, and they've got fish tanks with people and an eyeball and cigarettes, and it's just freaking trippy and weird. And I'm sure there's like a uh, – I can do a whole episode decoding the symbolism of this, this website and the fact that the website is different on mobile, but it just is strange. I mean, there's freaking aliens and all-seeing eyes and – soldiers being experimented on mk ultra style and there's so many people wearing masks in the elevator stuff on the yeah. mobile that's so weird oh a bunch of people dying from drinking punch yeah kool-aid yeah drinking the kool-aid more aliens wow. and fish and all seeing eyes and again I, like that weird art that it's just freaking wild and weird right and it's just mm -hmm. full of like weird symbolism so I don't know if that's what the QR code on the satellite goes to. That's just the only claim I can find on the whole internet of where it goes to. And I'm not good at like Photoshopping and recreating uh -huh. the QR codes. So if anybody listens to the show that can recreate the QR codes, we'll, we'll talk about it on the show yeah, at some point. But um, I don't think the Tesla one goes anywhere. If the one on the satellite goes anywhere, it's apparently to the direct. This is the director's website. Smail, like Sam Smail, the yeah. guy who directed the. So even if it doesn't, his website's freaking weird and full of more right. more. Uh, weirdo occult symbolism. Also, um, oh my gosh, did I put these out of order or leave this out? Good thing I, good thing I put the freaking links in my notes, right? So I can open them again. Oh, 
Uh, my gosh. So I found that there was another 666 in the movie. We pointed out a few last time. Um, here's one more. And I'm, I'm not going to watch this whole TikTok. I'll just kind of explain it to you. Well, I got to move, watch it for a second so you can see the numbers. But right there on the Tesla, it's fuel economy is 116. Below mm-hmm. it is 550. Added together, it's 666. So hmm. you make of it what you will, but it's just another one that people are pointing out. I'm just trying to bring up the stuff that people have claimed that we missed. That's not the weird one, though. Like, that one's just kind of like, yeah, maybe. It's uh, another mm-hmm. little, oh, my gosh, I keep doing it, little less subtle version of a 666 in this movie. Here's a freaking... Oh my gosh, why can't I not get things to work for me right now? I will get this, I promise. Uh, You know, my computer doesn't like me right now. Okay, here we go. So, this is one about, uh, you know how the movie's about like supersonic sound weapons and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Apparently the movie itself is a sound weapon. Jurassic Park, for instance, okay? I'm just showing... Sorry about that. And this is what it looks like 100% of the time. So this guy says, when- I've been putting these movies into, into Sony Vegas for 15 years, and I clip them and cut content out of them. And when I put the the movie for um, go, uh, Leave the World Behind into Sony Vegas, it doesn't just have the video and audio track. It's got, like, five audio tracks. When you open this... This movie right here is Jurassic Park, for instance, okay? I'm just showing this to people who have never seen this. For the last 15 years that I have been using Sony Vegas and other editing software and have gone through downloading movies and using them in our own video production, 100% of the time, it's either an MKV or an MP4. Occasionally, you'll download a torrent that's an AVI, not very often. And this is what it will always look like. One video file right here, one audio file right here, always. That's been my experience. Now let me show you what happened when we downloaded and put uh, Sony, put the uh, movie Leave the World Behind onto Sony Vegas. Here you go, stunning, stunning. One video file, four audio files opened up. And this one, this fourth audio file, seems to be the weapon. This is a uh, ELF, a low-frequency... Infrasonic. Infrasonic wave right here. And um, so... So tons of people were telling me, I want to like this movie. It's a thriller. It's something that I I would normally like. Mm -hmm. And it's not just because I don't like the Obamas. I just... This movie makes me uncomfortable. It makes me feel weird. Well, this is what my feel sister said. Well, she, yeah, she she said, um, I she watches way scarier movies than me, and she said if I was alone, I wouldn't have watched. I wouldn't have watched this. I would have turned it off. Right, and that may and and that whole thing is like I'm wondering like what sound systems are people listening to it on? Is it making right. a difference if they're listening on headphones? If they have a surround sound, whatever. But like there is a low frequency an ELF. Yeah, wave file that. in the freaking movie it makes you feel sick right the, but that's the point it's like the whole movie's mm-hmm. about here's infrasonic sound weapons that mm-hmm. can hurt you and make your teeth fall out and make you sick and then the movie in and of itself is messing is with that. you wow with low frequency sound waves that wow. you can't detect but make you feel wrong 
So yeah. whether whether this was just intentional to be like, hey, we just want to like give people that feeling or whatever, it's still freaking weird. The movie is an. When I say this movie is like maybe the most like the biggest most important like a cult like uh i don't even know what i'm trying to say uh revelation of the method that's come out in a long time i think it truly is and it just seems to be like it keeps happening more and more and more with this movie i originally wasn't even going to do a, a real conspiracies on it because i was just like eh, it's just a movie the obama's produced like who gives right. some crap and then the more i watched it and the more i looked into it i'm like this movie's freaking weird so anyway we don't have to keep talking about it there uh, there is one more about the arabic text that comes out but I, I'm going to skip it for now. We'll move on. Okay. Basically, some people said if you put it into chat GPT, it gives a cry for help. But if you use Google Translate, it just translates like a message that the Arabics are saying there's a bomb. And I did it myself and translated it with uh, Google Image Search. So you, you, the flyers that were coming out of that thing, the red paper, mm-hmm. uh, you can translate it with, with Google Image Search. And it just says like, hey, we have a bomb. It's going to go off on American soil, some shit like oh, that. Okay. Um, but the chat GPT thing, I never trust those because I like people can fake stuff. So right. I don't know. But they were saying like maybe Sam Esmail's, you know, cry for help. I don't believe any of it. Um, but people pointed that out. I just want to bring up the things that people were mentioning and commenting and sharing with us. So right. Uh, that's that's leave the world behind. Uh, in then at the end of the year, we had our 2024 bingo cards. And we're not going to say much about them here. But this is another reason why you should come over and support us on uh, on locals and Rockfin yes. and stuff like that because. Uh, we have already each independently had three to four things come true on our 2024 bingo cards. And a couple more that are like worth discussing. Almost there. Yeah. Yeah. So tomorrow, tomorrow on Unhinged, <coughs> we're going to do a, a bingo card check-in, check in on some of the, the stories that either confirm or, or are worth discussing about some of these bingo card things and just kind of talk about that. And then we'll fill in the rest of the time with some TikTok reacts. So, yep. be a good so it'll time. be a fun show tomorrow night on Unhinged. Uh, let's Cons see. Bingo. Then you had our mermaids real, and this is where we found out that your mom is a mermaid and she looks like a yeah, manatee. and she's a manatee. Yeah, but mermaids are real. Yes. They, but they're they're nephilim. <laughs> it's like, do you want to watch the episode or just answer the question? Are mermaids real? Yes. Move on. No, I'm just kidding. It's yes, a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had the depopulation agenda, which this, this was, was a fun. very long episode, but it was funny because I was like, this episode's so long, nobody's going to keep watching it. <laughs> and yeah. then every, like, we didn't have like People a big did, drop yeah. off. It was just a long episode, but it was very, it was a very good episode. We, we just covered so much and. Again, when you talk about the depopulation agenda, people get hung up on, is it chemtrails or is mm-hmm. it this? And it's like, yes, it's yes, all of the things, of it. right? Yeah. It's birth control and chemtrails and atrazine and Planned Parenthood and, you know, uh, movies and TV and programming. And it, it's a massive topic. Mm-hmm. So you did a really good job of covering Thanks. all the different uh, points on that. Uh, then I did an episode Freemasons, the inner brotherhood of the elect. And I think I came to, this was, this was like the, the skull and bones one where I feel like everybody has an idea that skull and bones, these college kids are like running the world, right. Or, you know, whatever. And I think, again, it makes more sense that they just go on to do bigger things. They go on to be initiated training, right. It's this training, right. And Freemasons, everybody again, thinks, assumes there has to be a table that's set up in a room somewhere and they decide everything together. And I don't think that's what it is. I think that Skull and Bones is the 
the school essentially for like mm-hmm. here's what the elite people need to go to to learn how to like handle holding major secrets and doing shady things. Right. And then the Freemasons is their religion. It's the Gnostic, Kabbalistic mm-hmm. religion of the elite. And I think that yes, you can link back so many people who are pulling the puppet strings to Freemasonry, but it's their church they go to on Sunday, except it's Thursday, I think. But like, it's right. just, it's their church, which has everything to do with it. And I'm not saying it's not important. I just don't think that the church itself is the thing controlling the things. I think it's the religion that they share. It's the satanic right. agenda that's behind it all. Because again, we pointed out that Freemasonry serves Baphomet and they serve it pretty open. They serve Baphomet pretty openly. Uh, it's not even that hidden of a secret. So uh, we had Dan Dillon and TJ Allard on recently. This was talk fun about just AI. to put those two together. We could have just put them together and then left. It, true. And what was funny <laughs> is there was people in the comments saying, I don't think that Dan Dillon and TJ Allard knew who each other was, but now they need a podcast together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. they didn't they didn't, we're not aware of each other, but now that they need to do a podcast together. <laughs> I was like, I think you're going to like each other. I think you're going to. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot of fun. They're both great people. Um, Those are two guests I was happy to have returned. Yeah, it was really fun. And then uh, the last episode we did for this season before the one we're doing now was uh, the government would never. Ruby Ridge and Waco. Waco. This was the most frustrating, like, uh, uh, (laughs) research for me. Because PJ kept telling me like, oh, yeah, this thing, make sure you look into this, make sure you look into this. And I'm like, where are you getting this information? It was one of those reminders that when they scrub things from the Internet, sometimes you can find them. But you have it's like you have to know what you're looking for to even know how to find it. It's it's like the Vatican Library where, yeah, you can request to see something from the Vatican Library, but you have to know what to request or well, a, it's the same, a well, FOIA It's the same request, as a FOIA right? request. Yeah, FOIA request is like, do would anybody think to look for Hillary Clinton and Nephilim DNA? But if you right. do, you can find some pretty interesting stuff. <laughs> you know? Right. And so th- there was so much there that PJ helped me with where I just kept hitting a wall like, you're telling me this is a thing, but I have no idea where to even start looking for it. So Yeah, it's one of those things. It, it is a reminder that um, there's sometimes where we have information in our heads as conspiracy theorists, and we sound crazy to people because it's scrubbed and we're trying to remember like <laughs> all of the, the things. And with a, right. with a thing like Waco, I mean, some of it just mm-hmm. sounds insane. You're like, yeah, the the government uh, had flamethrowers on tanks and it was caught on camera, and it's like that's not real. That's not. Which like, is I why I read it's, CNN and they said that they didn't yeah. do anything like that. It's like, well, here's the video. Which is why I think it's so important that we continue to do some of these older conspiracy theories, because even though they're like solidly in our heads, nine eleven is another example. Um, of like, even from one year to the next, there were things that I knew existed that I had a hard time finding again. And, uh, and now we, we put the episode together and now it's out there. Now people can find it and, and it's on rumble where it's not going anywhere, hopefully. So that, you know, it's so funny that you bring that up because this week there was a thought in my head where I was like, I feel like it's very important that we archive everything we do. Yes. Um, and, and that's going to be like physically archiving it on like removable flat hard drives yeah. and things like that because i'm looking at some of these things and i think waco is one of those reminders where it's like there is information out there that will get lost that you know this is why we try to show our proofs as much as possible and show video and yeah and link things because 
there's just things that we will talk about today and then six months from now good luck finding anything about it except maybe our show and there's episodes um that I've done where I had to look at other people's research because everywhere else, I, mean, I already brought up Mindy Robinson was super helpful with right. the Vegas shooting stuff, but because people took the time to catalog and make sense of it and archive right. it. And that's a video that's been scrubbed off of YouTube a ton of times. Um, yeah. And it's like, I tried to find her link to support her work, but a lot like it's, it's only on the internet because other people downloaded it and then re-uploaded re it to like Vimeo it. and Rumble. So, yeah, there are yeah. times, too, where I have a piece of evidence, like a, a court document or something that I'm not going to read to you, but I still like showing it behind me as I'm talking about it. Just to, like show that it exists, because like, what if it does get scrubbed and then you're like, right. how do I know that was ever real? You can at least kind of see it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, for sure. Not um, behind me on a screen share. On the, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm and then TikToker. I feel like the most important thing about this whole season was how we ended it with Abby's baby, baby shower. shower! Yes. You guys were all so generous and, and all the, all the gifts will mean, do mean and will mean so much and get a lot of really good use. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Abby's having a boy. A boy. For human. people who missed it. A human boy. <laughs> and she's due April 28th. Who's Yes. Whose biological father is John? Okay. Who is a one? I'm, you one know, now baby, that you're clarifying it, now I'm not sure. But <laughs> I, I, I thought it was John this whole time, but now that you're clarifying it, now I have questions. No, you started the rumor on the baby shower. <laughs> that I did not. I thought I started that rumor. It was because it was because Phil sent us a book and uh, i opened the book to a oh, random right. page and the random page was like if you're not the biological father or something like that I you're was like, like oh look ah. we got this wonderful book and this book says how to raise a kid if you're not the biological father and i was like wow what? why has john got that what? book yeah yeah that's so. pretty funny but uh yes yeah, so going into season four guys uh abby will be out at, at a certain point to have have a baby and we'll be making some adjustments but uh, we have prepared for this by inviting on a lot of guests. Oh, so guess, Abby should yeah. be there for most of them. But in case of a premature delivery or whatever, right. uh, there's going to be some very interesting people. So we have listened to the people that you've asked us to have on the show. Uh, I, I don't want to I, I don't want to say because there's always like the possibility someone will cancel or something will come up. Right. Um, but we've gotten some really amazing guests. So uh, some of them we also don't have a date set for, but we have confirmation they want to come on the show. And we'll, we'll get something figured out. But uh, some of the ones we have confirmation for are way bigger guests than I ever expected us to get. Yeah. So uh, we also just got, well, is it showing up over here? I see it on um, oh. Rumble, but I don't see it where I can click on it. Uh, from from that on, Canadian Rumble. guy says, excited for the new season. Love you. And it is thank a $20 you. Rumble rant. So thank you, man. Appreciate yeah, well, that. Why you isn't it showing up? That's so weird. StreamYard. Okay, so what we were saying about Rumble earlier is StreamYard finally included Rumble Chats. So we can pop Rumble Chats up on the screen, but it seems like the, the Rumble rants are not working over here on StreamYard. Hmm. I'm sure I'll get it fixed. But. I will say this. We have, again, I, I want to bring this up for season four. and We'll, we'll end the show. We'll go over to Rumble and talk, talk with you guys. I have been working like a madman trying to figure out how to make the show look, sound, and function in ways that other people are not thinking about. And I've been able to do some pretty 
interesting things. So I think that you guys will have a, a lot of good surprises for season four. It's going to be really interesting. Um, pray for me so I don't go completely insane trying to uh, create <laughs> create new new uh, things for streaming that have never been done before. So that's kind of the thing we're trying to do. Um, season three was fun. Season three was a uh, was a lot of a lot of uh, trials and tribulations, but I'm glad we made it here. I think we've got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, season three was because it was a lot of travel too. It was a lot of like we did travel us yeah. being different places, me being different places, sickness, <laughs> morning sickness, and uh, cars breaking down. Yeah. And lots, lots getting in arguments stuff. with the people at the airport because they don't want to accept your credit card. <laughs> that was. <laughs> We've had, let me put it this way, without complaining too much, because I think that God has truly blessed us with with right. this with this podcast community and with all you people who are here and support. And it's been very obvious lately with everything that I've been going through that you guys yeah. are very supportive. Um, it's been a kick in the nuts for the last six months personally. Yeah. So if you could pray for me, I'm really hoping that season four is better. I'm proud of what we've done in season three, but it's hard for me to look back in the season and not feel like, wow, these last six months have been freaking been really hard. hard. Um, and talking about that, holy smokes, with the mother of many over here with a $100 oh. Romo rant says, just realizing how many great ideas and discussions this show has started in my life. Thank you. So thank you for that so much. Um, that's what we we hope to do, guys. We hope to be able to to start those conversations. Um, holy smokes, guys! This is Seder, outpouring of love right thank now. Thank you. Answered Seder, fifty dollar Rumble Rants is courtesy of the Moopsie Squad. If we don't get more Tartaria and you pretend to buy into it, then we riot. Then we riot. <laughs> we was Kangs. Can I can I preview? Oh, uh, I said we was Kangs. Can I preview another episode I'm no, thinking about that we found not. that I found okay. uh, this week? Is there is a nation of Islam? Uh, brother speaker guy i think his name is ezekiel but it's all the all their names are like not their real birth names that says that all all the propaganda around the gray aliens is white trickery it's it's white tricknology that's been used to hide the fact white that we was grays that we, we grays. the black people are the ones who are flying the spaceships and it's the white man trying to keep them down and lie about the advanced Wakandan oh. technology that the Nation of Islam brothers have. And uh, they even went as far as to try to nuke Allah on the moon in 1969 and failed because wow. the white man and his white technology can mm. <laughs> wow. cannot stand up to the wow. Nation of Islam. I wish I was making that up, uh, but I feel like that would be another... <laughs> Absolutely hilarious episode. Uh, I, I think the last time we got this this many rumble rants or this generous amount of rumble rants on a stream, we had to read an alien. No, we had to no, read a gargoyle it was gargoyle daddy dom romance. Yeah, so it's really nice to to have your support without strings like that attached. <laughs> Don't put the <laughs> strings there. They'll they'll find a way. They'll find a way. <laughs> So we should end the stream before they do. Anyway, thank you guys so much for, for being here, for watching, listening. Um, another way you can support the show for free is just to leave us a five-star review. We'll read all of those on the show. Next week we will not be here, but the week after we will be back with season four, and I guarantee there's going to be some new and exciting things. Uh, so look out for that. Uh, continue to support us in the meantime. Tell your friends and family about us. Get us over 6,000 on Rumble. Do all the things. Support the show in any free way you can because that means a lot to us as well. Yes, please. Um, 
and we will see you guys in two weeks for season four. See you. God bless.